This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Franchise Tag. Today, I got three guests today. I got Chris, who's been here for the last couple weeks, but I have Matt here today. Say what's up. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, Matt has been on a separate podcast that I have been on, and uh, this is a whole completely different setup than I had before, but uh, today we're talking sports, of course. And uh, let's get into the NFL. Guys, the regular season has come to an end, uh, and we're on to playoffs. Uh, So we have a Steelers fan here. Oh, and yeah, don't uh, remind me. No, don't remind you. We're going to have to. But, um, yeah, uh, Steelers are out. Uh, I really wish they didn't have that tie. But uh, Yeah, I, that was a killer. I, yeah, yeah, that one tie that happened at the beginning of the season ended up coming back to, like, bite them in the butt. But, you know, here we are. And uh, since the regular season has come to an end, not even a few hours after the games ended, multiple coaches just fired. Uh, for uh, Off the top of my head, all I could think of is – Gase, uh, was Caldwell fired? No, he no. was already not there. No, he left last year. Yeah. Right? No. Okay, so it was uh, Marvin Lewis gone, and um, Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles. Steve gone. Wilkes. Vance Steve Joseph. Wilkes. Steve Wilkes wants out. Like he was like, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. yeah, he's out too. Vance Joseph's out. Dirk Cutter. Dirk Cutter, he was out immediately. Um, <laughs> and, and then and we can't uh, forget about Hugh Jackson. Oh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Special assistant to the head coach that is now fired. And Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy. And the yeah. Browns are interviewing him, at, like, I think soon. I, I can't imagine he, he won't get a job. I don't, yeah, I can't he, imagine. He's, yeah, he's done too much. Him and Baker, I think, will be fine. Like, I feel like they can work out some kinks if they, if he, you know, he was a the coach there. Yeah. But, um, and uh, Chris, your boy. Yeah, Steve, big Steve. Oh, I'm throwing a party. You have no oh, idea. Oh yeah, throwing a party. What do you think? What's your whole thought process on that firing? He sucked. Long time coming. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, what got me nervous is I was reading a tweet from the page, like one of the insiders, reporters from the page, and it said that the front office is gonna make a decision based on overall, not just a couple games here and there. And I thought, great, this means. They're gonna keep him because you know he's doing kind of good, and even though the during the whole season I thought he didn't do well, I was just like, that's it, they're keeping him. But then the next day at about noon, I get the notification that him, our defensive coordinator and our special teams coach all were gone. So, I mean, to me, I think the Falcons one is the most interesting because you get rid of your offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and your special teams coach. All that's left is your head coach. And yeah. what is and that's kind of like a warning shot to your head coach that has taken you to a Super Bowl, didn't win, and then he also the next year kind of had the Super Bowl hangover. So now it's kind of like, all right, we have faith in you, but this is kind of your last shot. We're gonna get rid of everyone. You're gonna he, they're probably gonna make him hire everyone. I don't think the GM is gonna hire. Yeah, anyone. most likely. Because happened with Hugh Jackson. Uh, Hugh Jackson, it was literally like he should have been fired way before they had to do this, but they got rid of everyone, and Hugh Jackson literally didn't have an offensive coordinator because he thought he was that good but um todd haley todd haley he brought, yeah. he brought him in but the year before that it was just hugh jackson yeah there was no offensive coordinator i'm honestly though i'm looking forward to it because i feel like from what i've been hearing from the team they're really trying to make a lot of changes they're, they cut the, all three of those out they're reevaluating their roster and they kind of have like a like a set goal obviously the super bowl is a goal but they kind of have like a plan they're like all right we're going to be more 
like we're not going to be so one dimensional. We're not going to just pass. Now we're going to get the run game working better, and we're going to have a pass rush better. We're going to like do better clock management, which has been an issue with our team in the past few years, but it just never was brought to the attention. And I feel like having this year, it's kind of that year that we all have been waiting for as Falcons fans to kind of be like, thank you for noticing finally there's issues and actually doing something about it. Well, I think the reason they haven't really been thinking about the clock management is uh, because it hasn't really been costing them games directly. Other than the Super Bowl, yeah. which is the big one that you think of, yeah. yeah. I mean, there, there's there's been, I mean, every team has issues, but it's been... But for a team that was like right there, that's got to be tough. Yeah, definitely. But um, do you have faith in Dan Quinn as a Falcons fan? I personally like him. I mean, I like the attitude he brings. I like his, his like what he his whole like morals, what he brings. Because easily the first two three weeks, half our defense gets injured, and when you think about that, you just think, oh, all right, you know. Their they whole their whole team got injured. They're gonna have issues winning games. Like it's happened. Then two of our offensive linemen go down. Then Freeman goes down. Like we we start to have a lot of issues. And we were seven and nine. We finished the season. I mean, yeah, it was a long way to get to seven and nine. But a lot of teams wouldn't even get seven wins with what we were dealing with. And I feel like that's just because of the way like his his mentality. He he doesn't come up with excuses. There's not oh well we're all injured so we're not gonna do well. It's next guy up. You got to keep playing for each other. Like the whole in brotherhood thing is his main thing, and it's you got to play for each other, and that's that's what the team does. That's why I feel like they don't have many issues that are present going on am- amongst teammates because they're all very close. I feel like with a healthy team coming back next year, that's why I kind of thought like, all right, we're gonna get rid of everyone. You hire who you need to hire, and you deal with your, you know, we'll give you the benefit because everyone was hurt. But yeah, my key takeaway from these coach firings, by the way, is that. Every single, almost not every single team, but a lot of teams have requested to interview Josh McDaniels. Yeah. Understandable. And it's understandable, yes. And looking at that, it's kind of like you got all these coaches that just got fired looking for new beginnings, and you're just like, yeah, can we just take a look at the Patriots offensive coordinator real quick? I'd be hesitant, though, because last year what happened with the Colts? He took the job and oh, then dude, went was, back. I, mean, I would hate to be a Colts fan if that happened. But, but that's what as I'm saying. I'd be hesitant as a as someone trying to hire a new coach. Uh, is he going to do that again? I'd be nervous. I know he's great, but I don't know. I I'd mean, taking a look in, what do you guys think if the Colts get a little far in the playoffs? I think they will. I think they will also. Yeah, so Andrew Luck has never been in this position before, right? Aside from 2014, right? And and he's solid he's a great yeah. quarterback so right before we jump into playoff brackets because that was going to be my first game and then we're just i'm just like go over the seedings and everything like that but uh i need I definitely need to talk about this because it was it was it happened the past couple days the antonio brown situation over there in, yeah, at pittsburgh right. um ab has been kind of teasing that i don't know there's been false reports that he's requested a trade and then mike tomlin came out and said he'd never formally requested one so he never even asked he's kind of right. just like teasing at it and then i keep hearing also on these up like sports update uh, updates uh twitter accounts that are posting pictures of like him following the 49ers and then talking and to uh, talking to george george kittle, kittle. monster <laughs> um <laughs> but uh yeah that's happening and so i don't know uh looking inside you know from a Steelers fan standpoint, what do you right. think of that whole situation? Well, my take on that whole, you know, fiasco is that as far as the Roonies and, uh, you know, the business side of it, they have no real good reason to trade him 
until June, I believe June sixth, which is when the cap hit lowers from I think twenty one million to seven million, which would save a lot of space for other signings if we did have to trade him. That being said, waiting until over six months from now, I think that's a lot of time for tensions to fall and uh, and I think the whole sort of situation will de-escalate by then. I think so too, but I think it's unrealistic to even trade him considering the contract he's on. What do you think of the people that say giving AB that money turned him into who he is right now? Do it make, do it making all these decisions and kind of well, making a big I, deal? There's, there, there's the two sides to AB. There's the six-round pick uh, overlooked you know, in the draft. Yeah. You know, coming from uh, humble beginnings, and then there's the superstar of the NFL. You know, I am the franchise type player, and uh, I think I think he's still struggling with uh, adapting to this new, you know, star role that he's gained over the last few years. And uh, you know, I think that would take a toll on anyone, especially uh, someone coming from his background. Right. So um, I, I don't. I definitely don't. I think everyone's overreacting. I think me and you had a discussion yesterday off air how. It's definitely an overreaction, especially people. I think people want the Steelers just to crumble a bit because people are always like, get rid of Mike Tomlin. Uh, Le'Veon Bell was at the beginning of the season. You got Jesse James coming out literally today saying that they're the Kardashians of football. Right. He wants to be known for playing good football, not, you know, being known as like the drama queens and have nothing to do with football. Mm-hmm. And I think the same thing. I think because there's so many high expectations for that team and then the Le'Veon Bell situation happened to, um, you know, I want to know what you guys think. You got Jalen Samuels yeah. almost running, almost 200 yards from scrimmage. Right. Is Le'Veon Bell good, though? Yes, is he, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. There's no question, right? But that offensive line it's, is so good. I, Three pro yeah. bowlers on one that, offensive line. Yeah. I but what does that tell say... you? I don't think if Le'Veon Bell goes to, say, Colts, Eagles, whatever team needs a running back right now. Right. If he goes to the Colts, he's going to run the same because they have they, one they of the best lines. Line. Exactly, they got the, one of the best lines in the league. Quentin Nelson, but if he goes to guard. if he goes to a team that does not have the best line in the world, right? He's not going to be able to run like he has his whole career because his whole style is uh, as everyone being knows, patient. Being patient, and so if patient. he doesn't have a good line, he does, he can't afford to be patient because the defenders will just rush well, through. Well, apparently, he thinks since he's not going to be on the Steelers anymore, yeah. that he's worth all the money regardless. If he's worth running that way mm. or not, so no, I don't know. It's kind of confusing. And that's not even a testament to his abilities as a running back. It's just that running backs are not worth that much money. Yeah, you put Connor in there, and he was nice. Yeah, but then you know you have your backups coming in, and they're doing just as well. I feel like but, you can put yeah. a lot of running backs in that position, and but, they'll, but they'll do really well. That's the thing. I don't know. That's gonna be this. That's my story. It starts and end with the offensive line going into the beginning of next season. I know we're not even at the end of playoffs yet, but that's gonna be my biggest storyline. Wherever Le'Veon Bell signs, mm-hmm. however he's going to play on that team, will show me if he. If it was worth is, it, if it's, if not if it was worth it, because I think it was he had it coming. Because <laughs> literally on the Steelers, he was suspended and you know, right. all that thing. Like, you know, he held out last year too, but he eventually came back in. This year, he kind of just it was like the last straw. I don't but, think he ever played a full season, whether no. it was due to suspension or due to injury. And he was still extremely nice. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't know. It depends on that line. I feel like they won't, you know they got to come together, and the way he runs is so like specific. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, so yeah, uh, that's gonna be my storyline heading into that. But um. Uh, what was I gonna say? I think before we uh, move on from the coach firings, yeah, I think uh, I think the two most significant would have to be Todd Bowles, hundred percent, and Marvin Lewis, because Marvin Lewis was a long time coming. He oh, had yeah. been there for 
uh, I think, 16 years. I actually don't know how, <clears throat> he, how uh, he's been there that long. His career record as the head coach of the Bengals was 131, 122, and 3. I mean, So he had a positive record, yeah. but at the same time, all that mediocrity and just never winning a playoff game, you know, that builds up. And it was, yeah. overall, it was a 6-10 and 10 record that finally did him in. So what does that say about the Bengals' ownership? Because, as we know, they've been considering hiring Hugh Jackson. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Dude, honestly, looking into that division, which is going to be one of the most interesting divisions going into next year, because there is now there is not one bad team in that division. Like, you know how you take the uh, – what what, what's the Pats division? AFC what? AFC, East. AFC East. Yeah, yeah, AFC East. Pats are winning that each and every year. Yeah. And I don't think they haven't lost in like 12 years or something They've like that. They've won it like 10 straight or something. Yeah, like yeah. That. That's not that type of division anymore where the Steelers are like either they'll be up by two games over the Ravens and the Bengals are always going to be third, Browns last. It's different now. And yeah. uh, what that says about Marvin Lewis is that I think they kind of knew that it was changing a bit because when the Browns come in and both games Baker throws for four touchdowns. Right. It's kind of like, all right, you don't have their number anymore. I don't think. That could save you. Wait, man. both games against who? Uh, they and they versed the Browns twice. The, the Steelers, ba- the Bengals. Oh, the Bengals. Bengals, yeah. Right. Yeah, Baker coming in, just oh, well. torching them. Yeah. But uh, what it says about him too is, I feel like that was kind of like the last straw. I feel like that his, I feel like he's been on the thread for a very, very, very long time. And I think they just had it, and I don't know how, why they waited so so long. I think, I think as for that team, I think changing head coaches because that, that's a lot for a team when you lose a head coach and then you got to start new. And I feel like since he was already there that long, they're like, we're not going to change the culture. Let's just leave it how it is. We're not too bad. We're not finishing in last. Yeah. And then, like I said before, Browns come in, it's changing. And I think it's time to get rid of it. I think it was a good time to get rid of him. Definitely last year I thought he was out, but they brought him back in. So I don't know. What do you guys think about the whole situation? I feel like he's he's definitely been on a you know, a threat for a while. Yeah, I mean, I think just because now the Ravens have Lamar Jackson, the Browns have Baker, and the Steelers have been typically winning that division, they're now on the bottom of that totem pole, and they're now looking up. So I feel like that front office was kind of thinking, well, we need to make a change now. Because what he was doing was all right, because there was definitely one, maybe sometimes two, depending on the year, mediocre teams in that division. So, you know, you're guaranteed three, four wins out of that, whereas now that might not be the case. Yeah, to their credit, I mean, now when they're at the bottom of the division, now is the good time to make the radical change because now you have really nothing to lose in essentially revamping your entire, you know, organization, coaching staff. Now is the time when you want to experiment, see what works and what doesn't so you can build for the future because you know you're not taking the division in the near future. And it's not like the the Bengals team is – not talented. They like have talent. There's a lot of drama there too. I think uh, who is it? Is it Perfect that's Vont- done? Vont- I think he's done. Perfect. I think he's done. Right? Is it? I don't know. What was it the he, concuss- he, got he got suspended? He got, concuss- he got his like yeah. He's, he's always suspended for something. Yeah, but anyway, talented team. I think I think whoever they hire, hopefully not Hugh Jackson, but I kind of want it. I want that drama in there. So I think Hugh Jackson would be a great hire there. Oh, believe me, I hope they hire for one Hugh year. Jackson. For one year, that'd be fantastic if they just hired him right after that season, but hey, if any if anything else, they'll uh he'll get him a good draft pick. Oh yeah, for sure. You <laughs> know, but you know what I think will actually change that offense and Matt, you might not want to hear this cuz you obviously don't want them to beat you guys. But I think that they need to get John Ross involved. Cuz John Ross, I feel like can be the equivalent of a Tyreek Hill. He's always two receptions, 30 yards, he, one touchdown. He can he can torch 
defensive backs. He can draw all this attention. You could just have him run down the field, and he could draw a safety with him, and you just have a tight end running down the middle of the field wide open. It's just crazy how a team like that has the trifecta of of what every team should have. So, for example, you take um, the Chiefs, for example. You put Mahomes in there. They already had Travis Kelsey. Tyree Kill has proven he's not just – he is Cheetah, but he also can get open. He can create space. He's a number one receiver. And then they signed Sammy Watkins to a monster contract that he shouldn't have. But he's a downhill threat. And then you take the Bengals, who are also in a perfect scenario, but unfortunately A.J. Green was hurt all season. Um, A.J. Green's their number one. You got John Ross, who drafted him in the first round, fastest 4-4 of all time. Uh, four four forty. 40 when I yeah. say that he had a four, he had a four two. Four two. Team. Yeah, yeah. And um, and then Joe Mixon, who has proven that he can handle the workload. When you have Jeff, Jeff Driscoll in there, yeah, mm-hmm. he gets hand handed the ball twenty six times a game. He he could, you know, the volumes there, it works. You have that trifecta there. It it works. And and Tyler Boyd, right? They have Tyler Boyd and Eifert too. Insanely good. Insanely good. They got him and Eifert, and they're both. I mean, Eifert got injured this he year. He might be. But I think he might be done. He's got to be done now, right? Yeah, but he's I'm, had a few ga- uh, season-ending injuries. He's so had like broken back. back. He's had. Yeah, he's done a lot. I think. He should, I think he should be done. You got to get really close here. <laughs> you're, you're good. But um, so yeah, you have that trifecta of an offense, and how do you not put it together? And their defense isn't like the worst in the world. There's definitely worse defenses out there. Oh, I yeah. don't know. Definitely, I think a head coaching change had it coming, but. You know, uh, that's all I have. Pretty, I know we went there from Marvin Lewis, but what, what do you guys think of Adam Gase being out of Miami? He's really not a bad coach, even with Ryan Tannehill. And there's teams knocking on his door right now. I'm sure there are. He's going to get hired next season. He was I, – I was expecting the Dolphins – before the season started, My kind, when I was going over each and every team, Dolphins were the type of team that I expected to be like 3-13 and 13 by the end of the season. And they ended up winning over what was their ending record? Do you know? And I just know they I were think, they were way over seven, seven games. Nine, yeah, I seven seven and nine. Seven games. I don't want to say it's impressive, but with the with the roster you have, and you being able to put up that record, I think that's kind of solid. And I feel like there's a lot of hope in Adam Gase, and they're and um, not sure if you guys saw, but Jarvis Landry does not want him to be hired over there by the Browns. No. And I think and the Browns actually <laughs> came out and said they're not looking to hire him at the moment. So. You know, uh, I don't know what that goes to say about him as a coach. I don't know. What do you guys think? I feel like that's a head coach. I really was kind of under the radar a bit. And I don't well, know. he was I, over there in Chicago, too. So. I mean, I think it's just now since Jarvis has been traded. I mean, he's talented. It's he's always been talented since he came in the league. But I feel like under Adam Gaze, he, he didn't really have a lot of time to kind of blossom. Like the just the way that that it ended up working, because who do you have? Parker was that the other receiver that Delonte Parker. yeah and he's out probably yeah. this season so stills so he he had other options but he, I feel like Jarvis Landry could have been putting up you know easily over a thousand yards like competing for the top spot with the yardage each year most catches he could be competing with a lot of touchdowns and I feel like he just wasn't and then he went to the Browns and I mean he didn't have a great like it wasn't exceptional to where he stood out but he was doing better he was involved more so I feel like he just doesn't want to get that put back in the shadow. I feel like that that was his comment. I feel like for me, uh, you take Adam Gase, who there was a lot of – I don't know if you guys were following at the time, but there was a lot of issues with Devontae Parker. Like his agent came out and said he was 100% healthy and they just didn't want to play him. And so 
you're t- and now Adam Gase, he just preferably wants to use Danny Amendola, who's literally there because he got his rings. He's just trying to earn some money. So he's not a guy that's going to take you to the Super Bowl, especially on the Dolphins. Um, but And then they wanted to use Albert Wilson. And then Kenny Stills was on and off all year. I don't know. I feel like you give this guy some better weapons. I feel like I thought he would have been a great – before Jarvis came out saying he didn't want him to be the coach, I thought he would have been a great fit for the Browns. I definitely did. And uh, because – I thought reuniting with Jarvis Landry would help out a bit. I guess he didn't like the way they used him over there. But now he has weapons. He has a, a number one overall pick quarterback who's currently in the running for Offensive Rookie of the Year, and we'll get into that later too. Um, and, again, Jar- I mentioned Jarvis. You got Nick Chubb, who is an absolute animal, who should have had 1,000 yards. I went over this with Matt yesterday. And I totally yeah. forgot he had it and then lost it. Do you he want, lost his 1,000-yard season. Yeah. I think the Browns are done for that. But anyway, um, he was he was solid all season long, even with Hyde um, at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. And um, and what else is who else is in their receiving core? Callaway and then Higgins, Joku and Joku. They can't really get yeah. going. Really, I really want them to get going. Yeah. And then Higgins, they Higgins. Saw, uh, they had Perriman in the middle of the season, mm-hmm. and he was a, he's a clear cut deep threat because he yeah. had like a sixty yard reception on one of one of the first parts of the game, but. Take all those weapons, put them together. I think he could put that together there. But who knows where he's going to go, but he's going to have a job by next season for sure. I can see it. All right, so what do you guys think about Vance Joseph? Apparently Vance Joseph is uh, – everyone's knocking on his door too for some reason. I don't I don't see it. You don't see it? I don't I don't like what – obviously he didn't have a, a capable quarterback in um, – what was his name? Uh, Case Keenum. Case Keenum. Yeah. Case Keenum. So that, that held him back. But I just don't – I didn't like what I saw out of the Broncos this season. I like what I saw out of Lindsey. I feel like he's good at establishing yeah, a run no, game. Yeah, no, Philip Lindsey was a steal, especially amazing as an call. undrafted. That's player. what I was going to say. Amazing call by Vance Joseph to draft a guy like Royce Freeman, who everyone thought was going to be the number one running back, mm-hmm. and then he had faith in a guy who was undrafted from Denver, and he was supposed to be just a practice squad guy. Comes in, puts up a thousand yards as an undrafted rookie, makes the Pro Bowl. The only undrafted rookie of all time to make a Pro Bowl his first year. That was really rough. <laughs> Oops. All right, my bad. Uh, but, you know, I don't know what you guys think of Vance Joseph. I don't think he's the most amazing coach by any means. But um, I don't think know. he and should he has, be He has good coach. calls every now and then. Like, he used Emmanuel, Sand- like, Emmanuel Sanders a lot. Um, Before he got hurt. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think he should be a head coach. I think he should be either an offensive, whatever, defensive coordinator. He needs to be a coordinator. I don't think he ha- he's able to physically be a head coach. I don't Like, I, I just feel like... There are certain people out there that just can't take on that responsibility, and I feel like it showed he was having issues when there was struggles. I mean, obviously with the quarterback issue, people getting injured. I mean, they were making the playoffs years and years. What was it, John Fox that was their coach at the time when they were making it? And uh, Gary Kubiak. Yeah, and and they Gary were Gary Kubiak. You just took me back. And and they were doing amazing. Like they were making the playoffs like every year at that point. I mean, they had Peyton Manning, but. But they were still their defense was wet, like doing well. I think I think uh, this year marked the first time in Denver's history that they went back to back seasons without a winning season. Yeah, because they have been doing great, and then kind of yeah, yeah, now it's just downhill. So, and before we move on from coaches, uh, I just want to bring up Todd Bowles. And, Todd uh, Bowles. He, he he's, not finally, get, he's not gonna get a job. He will not get a job, but he finally got the boot after going four and twelve this year. Uh, his overall record was twenty six and forty one as head coach of the Jets. Which is not glamorous, but no, then again, he didn't have much to work with. Um, but in this uh, in this last season, they picked up what appears to be their franchise quarterback in Sam Darnold, 
and I'm really liking what I'm seeing out of him. I feel like midseason I, I didn't like it, but like towards the end he was kind of lighting it up a bit. I think he's you know he's learning, he's making rookie mistakes that uh, will help him develop as a quarterback. But I, I I think this is I think the Jets have their guy, and now it's a matter of building a team around him. It'll take some time, but I think uh, Sam Darnold is in it for the long run. I think uh, whoever's next at head coach is going to have the opportunity that Todd Bowles didn't have because again he didn't have a lot to work with. Mm-hmm. He is to blame slightly because oh sure you know his signings were a little weird. But the best luxury in football is having a quarterback under a rookie deal. Yeah. Because look at the look at the Rams for example, uh, Jared Goff rookie deal. Um, you know, he had to go through Jeff Fisher or whatever, but you bring in Sean McVay and he turns everything around. It just takes the right head coach to make everything right. And so he signs the Domingue Sue along with Aaron Donald, who Dar- Aaron Donald is there for the next like six, mm-hmm. six years or so. Mm-hmm. And um, that that's how they were able to even go get the Domingue Sue in the first place. And then who else did they sign? In the, oh, uh, Brandon Cooks to like another couple years on, on that got, deal too. Uh, don't they have Tlaib now? Tlaib, Peters. Yeah, Tlaib, yeah. Marcus Peters. That's what you're able to do as a head coach. And, and you know, along with manage, uh, you know, front office too. But the next coach that comes in there for the Jets, yeah, they definitely got to take advantage of that. There's a lot of teams that are struggling with that. For example, the Giants. To Darnold's credit, like he didn't have much to work with. He had like Robbie Anderson and sometimes Quincy Nunwa. He didn't like those – if Robbie Anderson's your number one guy, you know, the offense isn't going to put up great numbers. Like, that's not a, an offense capable of high production. But even with that, he, he made decisions for a rookie that are pretty admirable. Like, you wouldn't expect that kind of thought out of uh, a first-year guy. But he did what he could with what he had. And um, I think he's definitely earned his uh, earned the title of franchise QB. Right. Or at least he's on his way to earning it. Oh, yeah. Everyone thought that coming into the draft, he should have been the first pick, but... Looking into it now, Baker is <laughs> I, Baker's looking yeah. way too nice. Yeah, I thought Baker from the start, and then they pulled him down because they said, "Oh, he has an attitude or whatever." After the game where he was making gestures, then everyone's like, "Oh, he's a bad yeah, role mature. model. No one wants him." And then he was like the number one draft prospect, and they dropped him down like four or five just yeah. just because of that. And I was like, "That's not his talent, though." If if you're gonna, I I think yeah, I think him and Lamar. Jackson were the top two, and they. Lamar Jackson was the last pick. It's just so weird how Lamar Jackson, who's I think 100 percent more talented than Josh Rosen, maybe I don't know. I don't know. You made like a little weird face there. What do you think? I mean, I'm not denying that Lamar Jackson is a gifted athlete, but I think he relies too much on uh, on his ability to scramble and just make plays with his legs. Like, not that it doesn't work, but when that starts to not work, when he goes against. Uh, good run-stop defenses, and he's forced to pass, I'm not sure he's going to see the same level of success that he's been seeing. He also underthrows a lot, but I think that could all be fixed. But now he's heading into the playoffs with that defense. And again, we've seen defenses take teams to almost just getting into the Super Bowl, for example, the Jaguars, yeah. who were in a way worse position than that. And I think Lamar Jackson will be just fine. But like I mentioned this many times on the podcast. Michael Vick even came out and said, that type of running is not going to work. Coming from him, who he said – if I rushed 15 times a game, it would work. But you're taking a guy like Lamar Jackson now. At one point, had 27 rushes yeah. in a game, and yeah, it's, that's, yeah. it's absurd. You can't do that. You're going to get your quarterback hurt, and he's young. But um, you know, to me, I think you can. I really want to see. I, we, I really wish these guys went to a team, and obviously the first round pick. So 
that goes to show you that they're going to go to a, a, right. not a great team. But I really want to see how these guys are put together as a whole. Because we, I, to me, I thought Jared Goff was going to be a bust after being with Jeff Fisher. He had a disappointing rookie year. Definitely. Not disappointing, just underwhelming. Yeah, and then you put that team together. He is good. Yeah. But I think these these guys were highly anticipated to be way more talented. He's capable, and when you have that kind of talent around you, that's all you really need to be is capable. Yeah, I think so too. But uh, yeah, yeah, he he's doing well. But <clears throat> there have been flashes of rookie uh, golf in the last few weeks. He's, oh yeah, what was he's that been, about? He's been th- having a lot of turnovers, and it's it gets know, me nervous if I'm a Rams fan. These, these are still playoffs. young guys, but you put it into perspective. All these guys were like, "All right, give him time, give him time, give him time." And you see Pat Mahomes come in in his first year starting, just m- murdering the game. So what does that go to show you? Uh, that I don't know. I don't. I don't think Kansas City. Kansas City's line is that amazing if Pat Mahomes has to scramble every single play. You know what I mean? And he also has, you know, the baseball background and stuff like that. But right. you put him on a decent team with a pretty decent receiving core, which, again, it's literally just Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey for the most part, mm-hmm. if you really think about it. That was going into it, that was his only weapons. And he did most of his work with that. So I really want to see – like, I'm not going to – I'm going to give them the benefit, but I definitely want to see these rookie quarterbacks take the next step. I definitely think Darnold's going to be the next guy up. He's next season. I think he's just going to ball out. Whatever head coach he has, they're going to put it together. I definitely think so. Um, and I, we're definitely going to see what Lamar Jackson's like in the playoffs. That's what's going to be a telltale side for me. And I really can't put an opinion on Josh Rosen right now because of that team. It's it's right. a big, big mess. They're losing Fitzgerald next season. Not like he was the future for them in the first place. He kind of was just, you know, you know he still had the the juice flow and so he still was there but i don't know man um well, i think that's a good time to move on to the yeah playoffs. move on let's get to the playoffs so like <clears throat> i mentioned before uh colts texans and from what i'm getting all right so let's let's go over seating first so you got the the colts um who are the sixth seed and the texans who are the third seed in the afc and um the chiefs have the first round by so first round by so whoever wins this game um is going up against kansas city and uh, I'm not sure if you guys followed the trend during the season. Um, but whenever the Texans would play the Colts, which they do twice a year, mm-hmm. it's T.Y. Hilton's day. He just goes for 11 receptions, 125 yards, and like two touchdowns. And then every, the game after that, he'll have like three receptions for like 50 yards or something like that. So that's the kind of the, the key for me in this game is T.Y. Hilton. And then you have Andrew Luck, who has one of the best lines right now in the league. I think I, I think it's all Andrew Luck at this point. I mean, he's having one of his best seasons to date. Clearly, he missed a few because of injury. and People you know, didn't there, think he would were, play yeah, again. There were, there were questions of whether he would come back at all. But, like, if I'm pulling up his stats right now, um, he's uh, 11th in completion rate uh, with a 67.3%. He's 5th in passing yards, 4,500. 2nd uh, in touchdowns with 39. Um, he's 10th in passer rating uh, with a 98.7. And... If you're going fantasy, he's the fifth best fantasy quarterback with uh, 327 points over the whole season. All that being said, not in the Pro Bowl. Yeah, not in the Pro Bowl. But Tom Brady is. What does that say? What the does Pro that Bowl say about is like seniority. The, yeah, the Pro Bowl is about popularity. That's all it is. It, but these guys get T.J. Watt missed the Pro Bowl. That's even worse. But to put it, but to put it that all into perspective, these guys like the Pro Bowl means a lot to these guys. It's not like baseball where you're an all-star mm-hmm. and you just kind of just like swing at whatever in the middle of the game and hope for a home run maybe you know just having fun out there the pro bowl these guys get paid like they get like incentives out of it like um adam thielen's getting paid 
like a special teamer. I think five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. And he started the year with like eight consecutive games with a hundred yards or like six mm-hmm. games or something like that. And then he kind of, you know, backed up a little bit. But then his incentive was a million dollars. You know how much that means to guys like that? And then you take Tom Brady, plenty of money. He doesn't right. care about being in a Pro Bowl, I'm sure. He's trying to make it to the Super Bowl. Every year he's always in the Pro Bowl, but he never ha- can participate because he's always in the Super Bowl. But you take a guy like Andrew Luck, I think he's going to be comeback player of the year. But, not, but the fact that he's not in the Pro Bowl is pretty insane. But um, before you finish whatever you had to say, mm-hmm. real quick, like I mentioned the offensive line for the Colts. Their sacks allowed in 2017 was 56, most in the NFL. 2018, 18 sacks allowed, least in the NFL. They, I don't know why they haven't planned this earlier for Andrew Luck. That's the reason he got hurt, because he didn't have an offensive line. And if you give him an offensive line, this, the sky's the limit for Andrew Luck, man. And not only Andrew Luck, another beneficiary of that is uh, Marlon Mack. He's been dominating. Um, I don't he, think he's their long-term goal, though. He fifth might round, not be fifth their round long-term pick. goal, but like as far as right now, he's he's a big part of their offense. Uh, I'm looking right here. He's getting, on average, 39 snaps a game are directed at Marlon Mack, whether it's a handoff or a throw. He's getting targeted, on average, 39 times a game. That's wild, man. That's uh, a lot. I mean, I, yeah. think, I think their main... Like weapon on offense is uh, what's his name? Is it Ebron? Eric Ebron? That's such a weird tight end. But but he has there. what like thirteen or fourteen touchdowns this year. He actually like, hasn't dropped the reception either. But, but that's what I'm saying. Like he's he has he. Everyone thought he had talent in Detroit, but he just didn't do anything. Well, I think and they then, just didn't want to use him. Yeah, and then he he comes here and he puts up double digit at least double digit touchdowns like. What the hell? Where was this? Where was this? Exactly. And then you got Jack Doyle coming back. I feel like they like Jack Doyle a lot more than Ebron. Yeah. And I feel like when they need to use Ebron, they'll do that. But putting it all together, like I mentioned before, T.Y. Hilton is a Texans killer. So what does that go to say about the Texans? Do I feel like there's always that in-division player that has the other team's number, regardless. And I think T.Y. has that number. And do you think that benefits the Colts in a sense like so – Outright wins, who do you got right now? I see the Colts taking it. I see the Colts as well. But I wouldn't be but surprised the Texans, if the Texans keep it close. But the Texans have a good defense, but for some reason they can't put it together when it's against the Colts. I I think the Texans are going to win. You think Texans? I, I think they are. I, I mean, they just kind of – I feel like what happened was the beginning of the season was all the chaos. They were started off 0-3. They just couldn't figure anything out. And then since then they've lost what one or two games since then, since the third week. Like they, yeah. I feel like they're starting. You know, Deshaun Watson was iffy at the beginning of the season, coming back from an injury. It's understandable, but I feel like he's kind of gotten back into his groove. DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best receivers in the league. You got uh, what is it? Lamar Miller is their running back. Yeah, I'm not who, too high on him though. He's he's not amazing. He's nothing special, but I feel like he does the job. Like he gets what they need done. Yeah, and Lamar then, Miller. Yeah. Lamar Miller. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, but you don't need Lamar Miller as much because Deshaun Watson can run. Deshaun Watson can run, and when he doesn't have to, he has one of the best targets in the league with DeAndre Hopkins. And and he, he, has, got, he hasn't dropped got anything. Demarius Thomas in the middle of the season. Yeah, but I think he's out. I think he tore he his Achilles. He is out. He is out, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's kind of what I – so I'm going to go over the seating overall real quick, though. That's where I want to get started, though. But let's go over the whole thing as a whole here. Oh, so I have it pulled up. So here we are. 
So we'll we'll go over the AFC since we're already there. So again, the, the Chiefs have that first round bye, um, and then uh, what's it called? You have the uh, Chargers fifth seed, Ravens the four seed, and then the Patriots have that first round bye. They're the two seed. Um, I feel like so far in the playoffs, Ray. From what I'm seeing, I think Ravens Chargers is going to be one hell of a game for sure. And they versed each other towards the end of the season already, right? They did. And uh, the Ravens won 22-10, yeah, I believe. Yeah. So, and I, the Chargers played their starters. So, well, I what, think, well they needed 16. to. They needed to. Yeah, week, week 16. They were still fighting for seating. Right, right. Because I wasn't sure if they were going to sit Melvin Gordon that game, considering his injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you guys think of this game? I, I think the the Ravens are just they, – they have a great defense. I think it's one of the – the best ranked. I think they have one of the best ranked defenses. And, uh, I mean, Lamar Jackson is killing it. Yeah, Ever well. since he came in, I know he only runs. like Well, he doesn't only run, but he's his main yardage is off of yards. He has more rushes, and I'm pretty sure, than passing yards. But uh, it, this is a tough game. It is tough because you, you can have a guy like Phillip Rivers who completes every single pass in a game against what was it the, the Cardinals he did that yeah I think so I obviously that matchup isn't the same but Philip Rivers can be on and off come playoff time Philip Rivers is you know I feel like when I look at this matchup I feel like you have a rookie in Lamar Jackson he probably in his position yes he has everything to lose but he's young so he gets the benefit so if he just goes out there and balls out it's it's his for the taking and then you have Philip Rivers who's expected to be that guy he has to be that guy in the playoffs and they 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 had many opportunities that's what exactly and i feel like he needs to take advantage of this game what lamar jackson reminds me of is kaepernick when he came in for the 49ers and took him to the super bowl it it's similar where he kind of though he kind of came in out of nowhere and kind of brought life to that team and that's exactly what happened. I mean, no, no disrespect. Joe Flacco is a talented quarterback. He's just a different quarterback. You have someone that's He's always a in pocket the, pass. Yeah, you have someone that's always in the pocket. And I mean, you have Lamar Jackson now, where if there's no one downfield where Joe Flacco typically would try to dump it off or he would get sacked, throw it away, whatever, Lamar Jackson takes it into his own hands and goes 5, 10, 15 yards down the field, keeps the drive alive. It, it's a big difference maker. I mean, if it shows you just how much they rely on that run game, like. Since week 13, uh, Lamar Jackson has 82 carries, Gus Edwards 82 carries, Kenneth Dixon 47 carries, and 7 to Ty Montgomery. So they're running more than any other oh, team. Oh, yeah. Not sure if you guys saw that game, but there was a game where they drove downfield, had did not pass once. Well, yeah. And then Against the Browns, right? Yeah, I think it was against yeah. the Browns. I forgot what week it was. But. Yeah, and then the other aspect of that is you are on the field longer, the clock's still going, and you're taking the ball out of the other team's quarterback's hands. Now, when you have Philip Rivers on the other side, you know, he can be inconsistent, but he's still solid. Keeping the ball out of his hands, that could win you that game. Yeah, we have like a banged up Melvin Gordon. And I feel like Austin Eckler's kind of lost that little spark he had in the beginning of the year where if Melvin Gordon was ever going to be out, he was going to be the guy. Um, and then let's take a look at the receiving core. Mike Mike Williams is kind of looking, kind of emerging as that solidified two receiver. Keenan Allen is coming together a little bit. He's kind of had an up-and-down season all year. Tyrell Williams. Tyrell Williams, who is their down, downhill threat, um, you know, downfield threat pretty much. And But 
That's not going to work against the Ravens. I don't. I don't think no, that's going to work the, against the Ravens. Have shut down. I will say, talented. The players. last time, which is only a couple weeks ago, that the Chargers played the Ravens, um, Keenan Allen had five receptions for fifty-eight yards. Mike Williams had one reception for seven yards, and Tyrell had one reception for twelve yards. Those are their three biggest receiving threats, and they were all shut down. Don't forget, they no wanna, touchdowns between any of them. Right. Don't forget, they want to activate Hunter Henry in the playoffs. That's fair. And you got Antonio Gates there, who, not sure if you guys saw that video. He can get separation at this. For at an old age. man. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that dude's crazy. He didn't play one snap He's of football. Cashing in his college. social security check in the end zone. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> that dude did not play one single down of football in college. Isn't that yeah, he weird? Played basketball. Basketball, right? and he was just like, "Yeah, I'm just that good of an athlete. I'm gonna <laughs> play football." But anyway, um, outright win. Who are you taking in this game? I think for the sake of uh, Philip Rivers, uh, you know, fighting against uh, the clock, I think it's going to be. I think I think he's going to barely pull it out, but I would not be surprised if uh, if Lamar Jackson just completely demolishes the Chargers' run. Deal. I was just going to say, not looking at, not looking through in the perspective of a Steelers fan. That, I, I, I'm I'm trying to keep that out of it. I I'm know. Just, yeah, it's tough. I think it. it, it Lamar Jackson's young. He, he's going to be the youngest quarterback to start a playoff game in history. Um, and I think Phillip Rivers just can't let himself, uh, who you know, a seasoned veteran who always puts up great numbers. He has a, a lot of talent around him. Come postseason, you can't put it together. You just can't. Yeah, but he hasn't been to the postseason that much. Not really, no. But So this is an opportunity he's looking. He's definitely. So I think it comes down to whether or not Phillip Rivers takes advantage. I think so. I think too. he's capable. Uh, I guess we'll see how he performs. Um, and depending on whether or not Lamar Jackson lets the pressure get to him, we'll see if it'll be a tight game or a blowout on one end or the other. But. Chris, outright win. Who are you taking here? I'm taking the Ravens just because I feel that Harbaugh has been in this situation before and he know he can handle it better. Whereas, what is the Chargers coach? Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn, yeah. He, he hasn't been in this situation before. And, I mean, when you come down to it where they're too closely seated, closely ranked teams the the coaching has a lot to do with the experience Harbaugh's been to and won a Super Bowl before he knows what it's like it's like the whole joke with the Giants whenever they'd make it you know you got playoff they start winning the playoffs no matter what seed because they have Coughlin because they've been there Exactly. exactly and I feel like with this team you got Rivers and Gates who've been there forever but the coaching behind it who's gonna put the pieces together who's really it's like a when you think about it, it's like a chess match. You know, one coach is trying to outduel and try to pick up what's the next move. I feel like when you've been there, it's a little bit easier. It's a little bit less pressure. You you kind of make decisions more clear-headed than off impulse and nervousness. I think the same. I feel like just by hair, I'm taking the Ravens here because I definitely think their defense is legitimate. But I definitely think the Chargers' defense is kind of legitimate. Again, they got Bosa back. They're kind of putting it together a little bit, and you know, I feel I definitely think that offense is going to crumble. Again, your defense can only carry you for so long, as we know from the Jaguars, and and that's a team that I was fully expecting to win last year. But um, that's a de- that's an offense that has everything that they need to win. It's just a matter of again, if like Matt said, if Philip Rivers has, you know, you know, like the. If he's going to put it together that game, that's pretty much it, really. I mean, the only thing that I'll have to say about this is if I'd say Lamar Jackson has the end of this year and maybe next year, and if they don't 
put it together, his window of opportunity is gone. Yeah, when uh, when you look at, you know, you have these scrambling type <laughs> quarterbacks, you have, when you think of the top two, you think of RG3 and, and Colin Kaepernick. Those are like the two main ones. And what happened? They had one or two, maybe three good starts of their seasons. And then they kind of, I mean, Kaepernick's not in the league. We're not getting into that. RG3 is now with Lamar Jackson, but he got injured because he would run too much. I mean, I feel like your window of opportunity, teams start to pick up on you, and they understand, all right, we're just going to try to watch you and spy you, and then they don't have great arm talent. They're not like they can't, they're not pocket passers. So when they get put in that situation, they can't throw the ball downfield. Mind you that John Harbaugh's on the hot seat, too. He's, if this... They were considering like, firing him midway through the yeah, season. That's what I'm saying. But, but now, now then they're they in the changed play- the scheme around and they yeah. started winning games. Now that's, you think if they can keep that up, keep him around. That's but. why I think Lamar Jackson doesn't have much to lose, but John Harbaugh has everything to lose. And even though he's in the playoffs, I still feel like he's really deep in the hot seat. I feel like they could even still consider even having him, but I wouldn't think that. Um, but no, I'm going to take the Ravens here outright, outright win. But I definitely want my interesting, you know, you know, point that I want that I'm going to see throughout the game. What's most interesting is definitely seeing what the Chargers are going to do on offense. I'm not going to care what they're going to do on defense. They're going to hold it down, but it definitely, you know, we talked about Lamar Jackson slipping, just slipping and sliding through, but that's going to happen regardless. I just want to bring this up briefly. Okay. Um, after we're done talking about the uh, the playoff picture, uh, the Hall of Fame uh, mm-hmm. finalists were just announced like about a half hour ago. So if you want to end the show on that, talking about who might make it, who might not. Yeah, we could. So we definitely could keep that. that up. I'll, I'll hold that up. Okay, so now we're gonna switch over to the <clears throat> NFC. But um, right before I do that, in any of the teams that end up making it to the Patriots or the Chiefs, what are the chances of winning for the Patriots and Chiefs for those, you know, matchups? I think the Patriots are vulnerable. Backs against the wall. For they're them. they're the most vulnerable they've been probably in recent times. Um, and then the Chiefs always have that, you know, that Chip image that, that yeah, and, and everyone kind of sits like they, they never make it. They always lose first round or they lose right away. That's always what, when you think of the Chiefs, that's just what you think of in the playoffs. They, they usually lose. I think the last few times they've made it, they lost first round, no matter how good they are. They could be, in my opinion, they could be undefeated. And the way that they are, it just, it, things just fall out and they lose in the playoffs. So I feel like they're both very vulnerable. I definitely think so too. But to me, I think Andy Reid finally has his guy. Pat Mahomes has the arm that he's been wanting for the longest time. Andy Reid's that type of guy who needs a quarterback that has an arm to make that offense work. Alex Smith worked for them to make it to the playoffs to only to lose the first round because he's a key can run an offense. He's been in the league for a while. And you finally take a young guy who has plenty of room for mistakes and hasn't made many this this year and he's looking to be the MVP and probably will be he probably will be yeah without a doubt but um you know I'm a big Andy Reid guy and I definitely think this is his opportunity to shine here I definitely think the team that's against the wall their backs against the wall are the most is the Patriots you I know, agree you know uh they're a team that for some reason, they only, year- they only lost uh, regular season games to teams that did not make the playoffs this year. Yeah, so that's kind of, <laughs> I don't know, but you never know. I feel like the Patriots pull that kind of thing every year, and they somehow sneak it through. And this it year happens. is the year I don't want to make. I want to have them sneak it through. Because- can, we, can we just briefly mention the uh, the Miami Miracle? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That, why they had Gronk back there, I don't know. 
but fun fact it's that that game all i needed to happen to win that week in fantasy was Kenyon drake not to get one point and he got all the credit for that play at the end of the game yep. i screamed into my pillow because i didn't think i was going to make the playoffs won the uh fantasy league by the way but we won't get into that but anyway yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like that's another like type of division games where they kind of just have their number and they can kind of mm-hmm. – it's whatever. They usually drop one in Miami. Yeah. Some, yeah, like, they do. Jay Cutler, like, what was that? I, <laughs> I don't know how that happened. But. And they still managed to somehow make the Super Bowl. I don't know what kind of voodoo magic that yeah. Belichick has under his sleeve, but their backs are against the wall. They have a – you know, they're still trying to put together that running game. They had it like at the, the beginning, middle of the season where it was like Sonny Michelle was their guy. Right. James White was going to be the passing guy. Sonny Michelle goes out, comes back, Rex Burkhead's in there, and they want to put him in there. What are you going to do with him? And so, you know, it, he, there's weird gadget spots for weird guys there. And then you have the receiving core. Julian Edelman's been putting it together mm-hmm. so in the middle of the season. He gets like nine receptions in the game, ten they receptions lost in the game. Josh Gordon. Lost Josh Gordon. He is – He's done. He's done. He can't come back into the league, man. That's sad. And so, yeah, it's going to be the Edelman show. And how long can it be the Edelman show for? Chris Hogan hasn't been Chris Hogan of Super Bowl, you know, fame pretty much. Because, like, when he's not looking for Edelman, it's Hogan. But Hogan hasn't been that guy. So, who else is that? Who is replacing Josh Gordon now? Do you guys know? Cordero Patterson. Cordero Patterson. And they've been using him in the run game. So, what are you going to do? And their defense hasn't been solid. And they somehow win championships with that weird defense that's never good. So they have a lot to prove here. And say, who did I? Who did we pick the win to go up against them? What is it? The Ravens, right? Yeah, the, yeah, Ravens. So if I'm picking Ravens, they're going in phenomenal defense. You got a guy who Belichick can't really prepare for is Lamar Jackson. If he goes in there, you don't know. That's why if you take Philip Rivers and put him in that position, Patriots are going to sneak it through. That's why I'm kind of hoping the Ravens kind of take it here, and then they're just going to take the Patriots by storm and they're not going to know what to do there. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think the Patriots have a lot to prove here. Chiefs have not a lot to lose. They're known as the team that's out usually round one. So they've not been good in the playoffs. Yeah. So, and then you have a team like the Patriots who are good in the playoffs, but now they don't have a solid team. Chiefs, solid team can't make it work in the playoffs. People are expecting them to lose. Once they turn around, make it to round two. I Mm -hmm. think they're going to make a running for the Super Bowl for sure. The one stat you need to keep uh, an eye on is that the Patriots, whenever they're the one or two seed, they typically make the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And that's two so seed. that's why the Texans not taking that first round bye was a huge hit because now <clears throat> they're into their their territory of where they typically go all the way. Yeah. So it's, And I feel like the Chiefs are in one of the best positions right now as a playoff team because, again, known as the team that's usually out round one, they're going up against – Whoever wins, you know, Colts, Texans, 100% Patrick Mahomes can light up either defense, without a doubt. And I don't think – and you guys have been watching Darius Leonard all year, right, yeah. on the Colts. Very solid, but he's – I wouldn't say carrying, but he is the focal point of that defense. you got to have, like, an elite defense to do it. And, and then Texans have pass rush, which is kind of like – that's why, like I said, either team that wins is going to be a little bit of a challenge, but – um like I said before, I think Patrick Mahomes has more than enough ability to put it together against either one of those defenses. And would you? I, I'm not saying it's an easy win because it's a playoffs, but either team that makes it to the Chiefs, do they have any sort of chance? Yeah, to absolutely. Beat the absolutely. They, obviously, they do. Absolutely. But who I don't ha- think it'll be as close as everyone thinks. Whoever I- makes it, who has the bigger edge there? I would say the Colts. 
I would say the Colts too, just for the factor of Andrew Luck. You're going to put Deshaun Watson in that situation against Pat Mahomes and their weird defense as well. But I don't know. Did we the haven't seen Deshaun be- Watson in the playoffs? The reason is because uh, from what we've seen from Deshaun Watson, whenever he's put up against a, a challenge, he tends to make sort of riskier decisions throws into double coverages more, takes more shots downfield when he's not really prepared for. And I think uh, it's really just his – I think it's Deshaun Watson's reaction to pressure because against average teams and against below average teams, he's calm, he's collected, and he performs well. But it's when there's this expectation of, oh, this is a a difficult opponent to to beat, that's when it starts to get to Deshaun Watson, in my opinion. That's why he's lost to the Patriots twice in the regular season already. He's lost – within his own division, it's it's whenever the, you put these expectations on him that he doesn't seem to perform, and that's why I don't think he's ready for uh, playoff success yet. I don't think so either, and I think Andrew Luck has just been waiting, just he, waiting for that. He's been brewing. And that's a defensive matchup everyone's, I think, has been waiting to see. That's going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah. And, again, Pat Mahomes against any defense is going to put up some type of numbers. Oh, that's course. just the way he is. And, uh, again, Andrew Luck, Chiefs have Chief, – again, that Chiefs-Rams game, one of the best games of the year – Again, they put both teams put up fifty points against each other. What does that say about their defense? Imagine what Andrew Luck can do again with the weapons he has and that offensive line. There's a lot he can do there. So, um, so that's gonna wrap it up for the AFC. But we'll go over to the NFC. Is there anything you guys wanted to add before we move on? No, but I, I do want to start with uh, what I think will be the more interesting game okay. out of out of those two, and that's gonna be the Seahawks against the Cowboys. And it's not interesting for the same reason that Ravens Chargers is interesting. I just I'm just very curious as to see how these teams are going to mesh in a wild card game um mostly because the Cowboys offense has been far and away dependent on Ezekiel Elliott and if the Seahawks uh if the Seahawks linebackers uh specifically Bobby Wagner if they have a big game then they can hold their opponents to two scores one score and they've done it this season several times and that's really when they win because their offense, it's gone, it's changed from the era of 2013-2014 of a good mix of pass and run. They're a very run-heavy offense now. With Chris Carson um, becoming like the de facto leader of the run game just because Russell Wilson has been more reserved from scrambling as of late, I'm very curious as to see <clears throat> how this, uh, this matchup is going to unfold. Yeah, I, I think the Seahawks are going to do it. I think it's going to be like a 24-10 Seahawks win I just when you rely I mean they do have uh Amari Cooper now but kind of what I was saying with Lamar Jackson is kind of how I feel with Dak Dak is not as much of a scrambling threat but I just feel like when Dak needs to make the throws Dak cannot do it oh yeah when he's out there scrambling I feel like when he first started take it like taking the reins for the quarterback for the Cowboys I'm like whatever he throws I think is a smart throw now it's kind of like if this dude throws anything <laughs> it could change the pace of the game here yeah. and so uh, I didn't mention it yet but you have again wild card game Cowboys four seed Seahawks five seed and Seahawks I feel like are just kind of like heating up a bit I yeah. feel like they're trying they're finally putting together that run game <clears throat> um, Chris Carson has just been doing wonders for them their offensive line again isn't good but this Russell is, Wilson can make plays. This is going to be a very run-heavy game, oh, considering yeah. that out of the running backs who have had the most 100-plus rushing yard games this season, you have Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott at the top with seven apiece. Then you have Chris Carson tied with Todd Gurley for six games with 100-plus yards 
and then behind that is James Conner with five, and then no one else has at least five. So you have two workhorse running backs going at each other, and each of these teams' defense defenses complement exactly the offense that they're running. These right. are very front seven heavy defenses. You know, you don't really talk too much about the Cowboys secondary or at least not the Seahawks secondary as much as you used to back when it was the Legion of Boom. Now now you're really just stuffing the run and anticipating a lot of running considering how the Cowboys specifically have been running their offense through this season and what they've been relying on. Yeah, major props to Pete Carroll. I don't know how he put that team together so well. He's <laughs> been chewing the same piece of gum I since know, 2013. I know, I know. And, no, I, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like what you just brought up, I feel like if if both teams are expecting the run, they're yeah. going to plan for the run, and they're going to say, all right, they got to beat us in through the air. That's what's going to happen. And in my opinion, Doug Baldwin and Tyler Lockett are better than Amari Cooper and what do they have, Alan Hearns or Cole Beasley, whoever they're. Other guys, I, I just think that they're a better... I think you could trust Russell Wilson more to throw the ball than you can Dak. Oh, for sure, but it also depends. Is this a Doug Baldwin show-up game, or is he just going to be quiet like he has all season? Again, he's been hurt, obviously, but there's games where he just isn't there as you know, supposedly being the number one guy. Sometimes he's just not around for In- Russell Wilson. Interesting stat to back up what you just said. This season for... Uh, quarterback wide receiver pairs with at least 50 targets russell wilson and tyler lockett lead uh in yards per attempt with 10.95 yeah because lockett's speed guy he's just always going downfield and he just russell wilson has a great arm he just launches yeah. it naturally number two would be patrick mahomes and tyree kill yeah i mean it makes a lot of sense but um i i just i whenever when i think this game i just can't stop thinking about vander esch and that cowboys defense dude amazing for amazing and again they could fully take advantage of that seahawks offensive line if they can and i don't know i feel like that's what is the key for the cowboys to keep performing how have they been have how have how they have been performing i couldn't tell you because again seahawks can put it together whatever game they want to and I feel like as though Pete Carroll sees his offense like we have a lot to work with here. We're looking. He's. I feel like he's not working on as p- much plays, but focusing on players that he could put like put in the right positions. And that's why I feel like they've done so well putting that together. You take <clears throat> the Cowboys who just can't seem to run the right play right. for any reason, and then you have Jason Garrett who again they are highly dependent on Zeke, and when he's not being used and they can't get it to Cooper, it's just not going to happen. So I feel like there's a lot of uphill, downhill to both sides. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the obvious is they need to establish the run, but not just for the sole fact of Zeke is going to take over and score all the touchdowns, but they need to to establish the run because then they get the play action going, and then you have Amari Cooper now running with possible single coverage if they bring a safety blitz. So that him in man coverage, one-on-one, I, I think he's he's more of a threat than he is when he's double-covered. He's, I don't think he's one of those receivers that can be in double coverage and break through. I think he's one of those guys that that is just, you know, man on man, he's he's beating you, but I can't see him beating out a double coverage. So I feel like if they establish the run, or at least they stick to the run, that play action will get working, and that could be a big difference maker in that game. I feel like even though the Cowboys don't know it, they have a lot to work with here. Seahawks don't. Even though the Seahawks have been pushing later in the season – Again, NFC East was wide open all year long. So it was either they're going to be the Cowboys or Redskins. Obviously, when the injuries happened, Redskins kind of just fell. So 
Cowboys have more to prove here than the Seahawks to me. And I feel like a lot of people here, especially me, kind of see that the, the, you know, the Seahawks as a team in this game, even though they're hot right now, this is a game that's just going to show you that are they going to stay as tough as they were all season or are they just going to fold to an NFC team who kind of put it together midseason and then kind of just took that division just by the stroke of luck? Not really, but I don't know. I don't know. This is this is a game I'm going to take a really, really, really close look at. And whoever wins this game, I'm going to take an even closer look as to where those strengths were to win that game and see what they're going to do next. Because uh, who are they versing right after that? Who is the, That's for the two seed, right, who they're going to verse. So let's see here. Uh, yeah, they're versing the Rams. And either either one of these teams can easily lose that game. Yeah. And I feel like again, offense wins games, defense wins championships. And I think Evander Esch is just gonna go off this game. There's a lot of opportunities here for him. I feel like if once they keep Chris Carson contained, I feel like it's gonna it's gonna be hard for them to keep Russell Wilson contained. He's been in this league for a long time, Super Bowl champion. And he can get around, he can make smart throws when he needs to, and he's the type of player who's been there for so long he's not afraid to throw it out. And then that opens it up more to find another play that's going to work. So that being said, I don't have much to say about this game. It's really who is just going to have the balls to win it the most. Who is your outright winner for this game to go up against the Rams? Seahawks. Seahawks. Yeah, I said Seahawks 24-10. I say Seahawks too. I don't have a score for it. But the reason why I say Seahawks is because it would be really interesting to see the Cowboys-Rams. But when you take the Seahawks, who are in that division, same as the Rams, whenever they play, it's always 9-9 until, like, the final, like, minute of the fourth quarter, and then there's always, a like, a field goal. And, again, it's the playoffs, and they play like that in the regular season. It's not going to be high scoring. It's going to be close. I know people want to see high-scoring games. but I'm going to predict 12-10. to 12-10? That's a little bit of a weird score, but I kind of I mess with it a little bit. I have a four field goals to a touchdown. I don't know. I have a weird feeling that if the Seahawks win this game, they may go to the Super Bowl. I feel like they they don't have weapons. When you think about it, I mean, there's the Saints. You, they would have to get through the Saints at that point. But I don't know. I I I feel like the Saints are different. I feel like the Saints are the team that will be able to take down the Patriots if it was the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I think the Saints have the best chance because they have Taysom Hill who can do whatever you need him to do. And they have Michael Thomas. But they've been struggling Drew to Brees. win. They've been struggling to well, win. Well, the second half of their they've been season, finding ways they've to win, but been having issues. But that that's the thing. They'd both be vulnerable. I don't know. It would be two mastermind coaches and two great quarterbacks. It would it would be interesting. I just definitely feel like if it's Seahawks Rams. They just both know each other so well. That's just going to make for a good playoff game. And if Seahawks come out with a win there, that's just going to that, – that explains to you how great the NFL will be if the Rams just go down right then and there. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'm excited to see who goes up against the Rams. Again, the Rams have been struggling a little bit, especially using Jared Goff. But, again, it was towards the end of the season. Um, and Todd Gurley's been out the last couple games. Um, and they bring in C.J. Anderson, who's been on, you know, a couch – for the last like you know year, even with even on the Panthers, he hasn't done much there either. Comes in both games, runs for a hundred yards. So yeah, I mean, but I don't think he's not going. He's obviously not going to be used this game. But bring Todd Gurley back. Are you going to be Todd Gurley dependent, or 
you got you really got to run it through Jared Goff. Well, but that's that's the thing. If if it's let's say the uh, let's say the Seahawks win, they just let's if they win, they're gonna have to shut down Zeke. So let's say they shut down Zeke. Now they go the next week. I mean, Todd Gurley and Zeke are basically almost even in terms of I'd say ability stats this year. They're very similar. So I feel like the game plan is very similar at that point because you shut down one major running back. You have the same kind of thought process of this is what we're going to do because if you leave the ball in Jared Goff's hands recently, it hasn't been a great a great outcome at all. So Seahawks could take advantage of that, I feel like, if they win because it's similar planning on defense. I think so too. So, who, Matt, who did you say was going to – who was your winner to go to – Face the Rams, Seahawks, Seahawks. Okay, so we all have kind yeah. of the same kind of thing there. I was gonna say I thought you said Cowboys for no. some reason because I would have gotten to that. But how, how do you feel about um, Bears versus um, Eagles? I was just gonna get to that. So you have the Eagles, who are the six seed. Bears, mm-hmm. three seed. Who would have thought the Eagles got back in? Yeah, I know. And who are, and Foles? I'm and gonna Foles. get into that in a second. But whoever wins this game goes up against the one seed, being the Saints. Okay, so. This is even more interesting than the other game because I feel like those two teams have something to play for, and so do these two teams. But you take the Eagles, who snuck their way snuck their way in after Carson Wentz back injury. They haven't lost the game since Nick Foles has been under center, and you take the Bears, who if you think Bears, you think about their defense more than anything. I feel like the Eagles fit the scheme. If I feel like. Not the Eagles. I mean, Nick Foles fits the scheme for the Eagles, for that offense in Doug Peterson's, you know, offense the most. For some reason, it just works. That just happens sometimes in the league. Going up against this defense, though, who signed Khalil Mack, who has been able to put up pass rush, what do you think is, you know, going to happen to that Eagles offense? With this defense. It's really tough looking in. I've never seen a matchup this kind of weird in a while. I feel like when you take Seahawks and Cowboys, you know what you're getting. It's tough here. Honestly, I think I'm taking the Bears in this game. But I I don't think the reason the Eagles would lose is because of their offense necessarily. I think they're still reeling from all the defensive injuries that they've had all this uh, over the course of the season. Um you know, that that defense was highly touted uh, going out of last season, coming off of the championship, and I just think, you know, not being able to step up in these big games isn't going to, you know, pave the same way for their success. Like, Nick Foles can be Nick Foles and <laughs> t- have the same magic he had last year, right. but if you're not stopping the Bears from scoring on every drive, it won't matter. But to me, I feel like, the Bears' offense is not proven enough for me. It's not proven enough, and Trubisky is still developing. But I, I, but I, now's the time. Now is the time. I don't care if you're developing. You're in the playoffs. This is it. Um, it's been the Vikings <clears throat> in that division, which everyone thought the Vikings were going to take it this year. I, I did. Yeah, I definitely did too. But um, then you have the Bears coming in. who well, you have a developing offense, and now you have a solidified defense who has it put together. I definitely want to say the defense is key here, but I can't stress enough how a defense – can't carry you for that long. Your offense has to put it together at some point. And I feel like Trubisky can fold here. I definitely don't think he's going to come in here, you know, in this game 
assuming he's going to have a hell of a game. He uses his legs a lot. He's okay with his arm, but again, it's a bet. It's not. It's never against a phenomenal defense. Eagles aren't the best defense in the world. Honestly, it's tough for me to put together this matchup and how either team can really. What's their strong points that's going to win them this game? I really can't think of any. I mean, when when it comes to to my thought process, you know, when you when you look at it, like when the Panthers won, uh, when they went to the Super Bowl and they almost won against the Broncos, that was an average offense and a great defense. Then you know, like then previously the Broncos were in it, and they lost to it was they were the number one offense, and then they went against the number one defense in the C- Seahawks, and I just I feel like with the, the way past has been, and then even like when the Falcons lost, they were the number one scoring offense, and then the Patriots were the number one scoring defense. I feel like it, too recently it's been defense that has come over on top when it's an offense-defense battle. When they come like head-to-head, I just feel like the defense, it's just overpowers. I, I, don't, I don't think – I mean, the, the Eagles already don't have a top five, top ten offense – but I, I just feel like the defense is going to be too overwhelming. Again, like I said, it's I said this previously on the podcast. Matt wasn't here for it, obviously. But it's a way, way different league now. You take that other side of the spectrum in the AFC, those guys have phenomenal offenses. And, you, and then you have this side. I feel like it's always the NFC that has a weird you know, kind of thing where their defense is nice, but their offense isn't. And you really need that offense to win here. And I definitely think... The Bears are going to hold it down for a little bit. I feel like it's one of those games where by halftime you're kind of decided, like, oh, yeah, Bears got this. But then the next half, you know, some adjustments are put together. Doug Peterson, again, he can kind of slip, you know, slip through there. Yeah, Nick Foles running a couple plays and, like, those couple screen plays. And I definitely don't think a Philly Philly is coming up in this playoff just because they, you know, they solidified that that's their play. But I feel like they always got something up their sleeve, and I feel like they can keep the pace of the clock I want to say Bears as my winner, but if at halftime they don't adjust and that offense can't get going, I really want to expect some touchdowns on that offense, but it's tough for me to see any one of those guys going past you know, the pylon other than Allen Robinson, who I'm not even that confident in. Yeah, I think it's going to be Bears, but I think it's going to be low scoring. Very low scoring, yeah. I, I disagree. Like I think it'll be... Uh, high scoring? If I, if, maybe not high scoring, but if I'm... Talking score prediction, I'd say Bears 31-14. Bears 31-14. Mostly defense? Yeah. Mostly defense. Who, who do you think scoring? Do you think it's going to be like pick sixes, fumble recoveries? Yeah. I could see Eddie Jackson maybe getting a, a defensive score, but I think, um, I don't know. If I'm looking at the Bears' targets, they've got Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, uh, Tariq Cohen, Trey Burton, Jordan Howard, Anthony Miller. Um, obviously, Allen Robinson is the favorite target, um, but I think when you have a secondary receiver like t- uh, Taylor Gabriel, who just has like such pure speed, and I'm sure you know as a as a Falcons fan, you, you know used to have him. Um, you know, having a, a really fast secondary receiver just opens up the coverages for your uh, for your main for your main guy to make plays, and then you know if you can get the pass game going. Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard are pretty much interchangeable in the run game. I think they'll be able to keep the drives going, keep the team on offense, and when you dominate the time possession, which I think the Bears can do, especially since I think the Bears' defense will be getting Philly off the field a lot, I think it'll come down to how often you have the ball. 
And I think the Bears will just dominate in that category, which will lead them to the win. I think so, too, but Nick Foles is the type of player where if you're going to have him throw three picks, he's going to put up seven touchdowns, something like that, <laughs> some absurd of that number. Because he had that type of game recently where he got hurt. I think it was like a rib injury. Right. He threw that one pick, ended up finishing with four touchdowns. He's just yeah. that type of guy to have yeah. that type of game. And um not sure if you guys saw it on, on – game related but he needed to play 33 percent of the snaps to get like a million dollar incentive and he ended up playing 32 percent before being taken out of the game so he missed out on a million dollars and uh again has nothing to do with anything but um going back to the playoffs i feel like uh, i feel like nick Foles could really put it together i feel like we're gonna be, we're gonna see a weird weird game here and i think nick Foles is gonna have that weird type of game where he just beasts here and maybe the next round he's not gonna be as great Honestly, I really, really, really want to see Saints Bears. Like, really want to see that. I really don't want to see Saints Eagles. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Bears here. I I hope their defense has one of the best. Like, has great pass rush. Like they've had all season. They have a good secondary. They can put it together. Outright win. I'm taking Bears. You guys taking Bears too? Yep. All Bears. Yep. yep. Okay. So, looking forward from this game, Bears make it to that game. Saints Bears. What can the Bears do there against another high-powered offense? What's what's the Bears seed again? Uh, three, three, yeah. Three. So if they it. win, they, they the would three. go against the two seed. They would. Yeah. I don't know. So they would be going against two seed in the NFC, which is the. It's the Rams, isn't it? Yeah, the Rams. The Rams. So Rams. it would be Bears Rams in that case. Yeah. Ooh, I don't. I don't trust Golf enough. You know. Not not recently. No. 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 He's. He's had like average games with like a turnover, at least one or two a game, and it's against like okay defenses. You have Khalil Mack coming at you; he's fumbling, he's throwing picks. It's just not happening. Yeah, I mean, I definitely want to hold off until a game is set in stone before I go too in depth on you know analyzing it. But I could definitely see, depending on. I mean, the concern with Goff is that he had a bad end to the season, so we'll see if this uh, week off given the first round by can help him uh, take some time to reflect and uh, adjust on that and try to work on it because um, you know going straight out of the regular season right into the playoffs is obviously a disadvantage right but you know I think uh, you have to weigh potential injuries potential changes in staff potential changes in uh, in lineups I think I think there's a lot that goes into that I wouldn't rule out the Rams at all I think <clears throat> especially if uh, if Gurley can uh, if his knee injury, it's a knee injury, right? If his oh, knee in- yeah. if his knee injury isn't as bad as it seems, then I think he can have a big game. I wouldn't count out the Rams. I wouldn't count him out either, and I feel like Sean McVay has something up his sleeve. Yeah. And I don't think – I know quarterbacks need to run their offense to win games, but I think McVay is so savvy that if he just had Gurley and just did took it play-by-play, play, he could make it work. Yeah, if, if they're going to win that game, they're going to have to throw some curveballs in that game to something to where when you have a defense like that, they're solid all around. You're going to have to catch them on their feet. You're going to have to kind of do one of those plays like a Philly special where they're not thinking about it and it just kind of they're like, whoa, like, you know, they're not they're not expecting it. And when, you know, you can you can go out there and be like, all right, we're playing a zone coverage. You know where you're supposed to be. You know where the. The, the break is you know like all the time you, you you understand it but a play like that if you're playing his own coverage you know you're just sitting there 
you're playing like a curl flat, you're just sitting there. But now, with with a play Philly special, for example, it it throws the whole defense off. Yeah, and again, like Matt said, uh, we don't mean to overanalyze here, but it is very interesting seeing all these teams coming together here, going up against these teams. That again, it's another year of defenses putting up most of your points, and and then it's a, a great great year of offenses putting up amazing points i'll say it many times i'll say it again it's a different league offense is going to win you the super bowl this year for sure and it's not it's it can't be a team with a phenomenal defense and a role player kind of quarterback on your offense it's got to be a superstar and everyone really wants to see you know pat mahomes make it to the super bowl to do that so that being said bringing tying this all together after before we move on who are your super bowl matchups and who is the winner of the Super Bowl? Don't have to get creative. Whoever right. you really think is going to win these games and pull through, that's who I want to know. It doesn't have to be really interesting, like Eagles. And- yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm just gonna go ahead and say, Bears losing to the Chargers. Bears Chargers. Bears Chargers. You really think they're gonna run it? Bears Chargers. through there. Chris, what do you think? I don't want to be basic, but I really want to go with my gut and know who's gonna win. I think it's Saints Pats. Saints, I think Pats. the Saints take it. Huh. I really want the Rams to get in there, for sure. But I don't want to be basic and say Chiefs, Chiefs and uh, Rams. It'd be a great game. I think it would be extremely hilarious if the Pats and the Rams got in there, and then the Rams just demolished the Pats. Oh, I love it. I would love to see that again. Another I, that, year. That would be great. You know how funny that would be having <laughs> a statue of golf outside your stadium just chilling just like the Eagles did. And then, you know, again, I think I think I'm I'm going to say that, but in my gut, I really 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 want the Chiefs to be in there. But I don't want it to get to the Rams. So if I'm going to do an alternative here, it would definitely be Chiefs. I would want to see. I don't want to say Bears because I hate their offense. I want to see like two nice offensive games. I don't know, Chiefs Saints, I guess. Yeah, but I don't want to see the Saints uh, as much as I, I picked up, put them in there. Because if they win, they win in Atlanta, and you're never gonna hear the end of it. And they're gonna be like Saints fans, be like, hey, we won in Atlanta, we won a Super Bowl, and they're obnoxious. <laughs> so I guess I don't know. That, that's kind of my two alternatives. But it's fair. All right, so we'll move on from that. Hall and what fame. was? Yeah, let's move on to that. All right, so the uh, I think it was yeah around 7 p.m. so about an hour, close to an hour ago, mm-hmm. they released the Hall of Fame class or not the the finalists for the Hall of Fame. So out of the 15, it'll be narrowed down to at the most five who get potentially voted in. So uh, coming up first, we have Tony Gonzalez, uh, tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs and the Atlanta Falcons. Um, you have a lot of experience watching him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's in. Just I, I to be could, honest, just he's an all around liked. He's talented. Yeah. I I feel like all time great. At yeah, the position. he he's just so up there. It's it's hard to think. How does he not get in? Yeah. Any comment, Eric? Um, no. Tony Gonzalez is the man. Yeah. Um, it sucks that he had all those concussions. I feel like his great career, player, great commentator. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and. You know, 
I definitely wish they made it farther. When did they? Where did they? They always made it to the second round, right? And they just never pulled it through when he was still in the Falcons. Is that what happened? We uh, made it to the championship. We made it to the championship, AFC and AFC we did a typical Falcons and blew yeah. in the second half. I feel like yeah. he. I feel like out of a lot of players, Tony Gonzalez is most well deserving to make it to the big stage. Mm-hmm. But phenomenal career otherwise. Uh, next up, we have Isaac Bruce, wide receiver for who spent most of his career on the Rams from '94 to 2007, and then spent a couple of years on the Niners. I need, I need to hear the other names to know if he's going to get yeah. in. All right, want me to run through them? Yeah, mm-hmm. go ahead. All right, so we got Tony Gonzalez, Isaac Bruce, Edron James, uh, running back, Ed Reed, free safety. Oh, he's, yeah. in. He's, he's in. He's in. He's in, he's oh in immediately. Uh, Steve, Steve Atwater, safety. Um, Champ Bailey, cornerback. Oh. Ty Law, cornerback. John Lynch, free safety. Tony Bazzelli, tackle. Uh, Steve Hutchinson, guard. Alan Fenica, guard. Uh, Kevin Moe, uh, center slash guard. Richard Seymour, DND tackle. And then we have two coaches, Don Coriel uh, for the Cardinals and Chargers, and Tom Flores for the Raiders and Seahawks. To be honest, I- I've heard a lot of good players. Like Obviously, they're yeah. finalists. I heard a lot of big names. If we have to pick five. Uh, we're, we're ignoring the coaches for now. I mean, but, we already uh, got the two that we picked with Tony Gonzalez, Ed Reed. Tony Gonzalez, Ed Reed. Uh, like, look, Ed Reed has got to be probably a top three safety of all time. It was always I, him and Palomalu. I would put yeah. – I, I think I think Ronnie Lott is probably the greatest safety of all time. And behind him, it's either Ed Reed or Palomalu. I, I, like, as much as it hurts to say as a Steelers fan, I, th- I think Ed Reed takes the two spot and then Palomalu takes the third just because of how – like Palomalu was instinctual and that made him a great player, but Ed Reed was He's just, just a, a great hard hitting dude. Yeah, and then um, let's see. So we have Ed Reed and Tony Gonzalez taking two spots. Um, I think Champ Bailey. Yeah, will we'll definitely get one. I think he'll. Make mm, it. Yeah, and uh, Ty Law, especially for what he did oh, while yeah. he was on the Pats. Like, yeah, that he was, was insane. Um, see, I want to give it to Edgren James just because. He was really talented. Yeah. But I just I don't think they're gonna give it basically all skill positions. Like I know like the like you think you have corners in there and you have like main you know what I'm saying? You have like main mm-hmm. guys. I only know Alan Fenica, the guard, because he spent most of his career on the Steelers, uh won a Super Bowl with us, but um you know, I, I I'm not super familiar with Steve Hutchinson or Tony Bas I, I know Tony Baselli, but he and he's he's an older guy. Um, you know, it, it, from an outside perspective, it's difficult to judge whether or not a lineman is going to, you know, make the Hall of Fame just yeah. because it's so subtle and you're not really paying much attention to what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. Interesting class. But yeah, I, 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 I definitely see a lot of talent here. Um, I think it's probably fair to say, uh, Gonzalez, Ed Reed, Champ Bailey and Ty Law will probably make it. Uh, between that, I would either give it to Isaac Bruce or Edron James. Yeah, I think, that's Isaac, what I, was I think Isaac Bruce gets the uh, yeah, I mean sneak in there. But, I'm trying uh, to think. Yeah, neither of them won a championship, but you know that it, you can't yeah, really take that into account. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so uh, I'm gonna put up, I'm put in a couple, like one or two topics, and then just some news that I've heard around the league. Sure. This is a discussion I've loved having, and it's really tough to really bring a consolidated answer. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Saquon Barkley, or Baker Mayfield. Bo- I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put, if you're I'm, asking who I think deserves it, I'm gonna give. It let's to go Saquon. with what, let's go with what you think, 
and then I'll put in some stats, and then let's see if those stats will hold up. So. Okay. Well, what I'm going to say is that I think Saquon Barkley deserves the spot. Uh, I think he's going to have a phenomenal career, and this is, you know, unheard of for a rookie. But I think just based on precedent, uh, based on how they've given this out in the past, I think it's going to go to Baker. Just because they tend to favor quarterbacks over running backs when selecting this kind of thing. Uh, you know, you look a few years ago and Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott's rookie, but it was both of their rookie seasons. And uh, I, I would I would argue that Zeke had the more impressive season, but it still went to Dak uh, just because of, you know, that's how it tends to go. And, you know, look at how you had to look at how the entire offense did that year, which was you know phenomenal, even though they lost in the playoffs. It, this, uh, what do you think? This is a Chris? tough one. I mean, they both broke or tied rookie records. Yeah. They both clearly made an impact on their teams. Uh, the, like, what, what's really, really pushing me towards Baker though is is the the sole fact that they went from not having a win to they got what was it six wins. Yeah. And he got them all of them. Not to, not to mention that um, he tied. Actually, did he tie or break? I think he I broke think, yeah. the record for touchdowns thrown by, by a rookie, rookie quarterback, and he didn't Manning. even start every game. No. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. And like it was he, Peyton Manning and yeah, it was Peyton Manning's Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's record. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Though it's it's, I think that Barkley did things. The reason I want to give it to Mayfield is I think Barkley individually is so talented, so gifted, is such a great force on the field. But I feel like Baker kind of is that but he also brought like help to the team as well whereas Barkley can only do so much cuz he's a running back like they still ended up getting what five wins but doing what obviously running back running back you need a running back and a quarterback to complement each other to really turn around a franchise mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley was brought in to kind of start changing the culture a little bit Giants are looking to quarterback hopefully this draft I my personal opinion I hope they hold out a little bit and just kind of wait another year but other than that Saquon Barkley has do what he's done this season with the type of personnel he has is insane, just completely insane. Baker Mayfield already has a kind of good offensive line. They brought in a second round running back who was already good in college, and you have a wide receiver group. They already brought in Landry. Um, they have you know, it's not too bad of a receiver group. I feel like he has the weapons there. And I feel like a lot of people are factoring in that he had this solid season going through different coaches. So he had to first initially work with Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley. Both are out. Has to work with his defensive coordinator. And Freddie Kitchens, who is their interim offensive coordinator, who is a run-first guy. So he really put that together in a sense. But looking at the stats in... You got Saquon Barkley. His rookie stats are 2,028 scrimmage yards, NFL rookie running back record for catches, 15 total touchdowns, five touchdowns of 50-plus yards. And do you guys want to take a guess how many times he's fumbled this season? Zero. Zero. Not one time did this guy fumble. And that's got to be extremely difficult. This guy is so elusive. And, again, looking at this offensive line, they're letting anyone in that. Anyone through – any of those guys. So he easily could have fumbled at any point, but he made with what he had. And I don't know, man. I feel like Baker is the type of guy in the future he's going to win MVP. 
He's that type of guy who's going to win MVP. And again, MVP is Got always spirit. Yeah, an MVP is a quarterback award. Offensive Rookie of the Year. I know they favor quarterbacks, but you know Saquon Barkley. In the future, I feel like it's not possible to be an MVP. I feel like just having that title of Offensive Rookie of the Year, just to have his credentials there, I think help he him. deserves it. I think he well, well deserves it. But Baker is an MVP guy in the future, and I feel like if you're looking in. Offensive Rookie of the Year or MVP? Um, uh, can you guys think of any quarterbacks that have won both? Both? No. Like both awards? No. Not really? That's what I'm saying. I, I feel like you so. might as well give it to Barkley. He's not going to be an MVP in the future unless he puts an absurd, absurd season, like doubling what See, he but, has now. But this is why it's it's even more of a tough decision in my eyes is when you when you look like last year, for example, I know I think A.B. was considered being an MVP as mm-hmm. a receiver. But I feel like it's the same <clears throat> principle in the fact that Barkley gets fed. Barkley is the guy. When, when you think of that offense, I mean, you have Odell Beckham, but what is Eli's go-to thing? Dump off. Everyone knows that's what they say. He dumps off the ball now. So when you have a quarterback that just dumps off the ball and he makes all these catches and then he runs all the time, I feel like, yes, his numbers are extremely impressive. He does amazing things when he's on the field. I'm not taking anything away. He's talented. But I'm just saying when you when you get given all these opportunities, it's kind of like the same thing with A.B. Like he'll get, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13 touchdowns in a season, which is amazing. But then it's also like, well, if you look at like the next guy in line, he might have like 30 or, or so less receptions or 30 less looks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's kind of like, even though the, the, the numbers are there, it's also, well, is it because of the amount of attention they're getting? Like, in, in that situation, I feel like if you would compare, like, MVP then, if you look like Mahomes and Gurley, it's a very similar situation yeah. as it is between Baker and Saquon for Rookie of the Year. Because you got you got Gurley who's taking over that. that He's got tons of touchdowns. He's taken over. he got tons of scrimmage yards. And then you have a quarterback who's going off, who has all these touchdown passes. I feel like in both situations, it's going to be tough. So let me ask you guys this. Considering, I'm going to go with MVP first and I'll go back to this award. But if you look at MVP, should that award have to do with having a winning season or should it have to do with complete utter talent? I think it's a result because most value, when you're talking about most valuable player, you know, if if you don't win games, then how valuable is that performance? I guess so, but I feel like, yeah, I really, I guess so. I feel value like value is a product of success. Yeah, I feel like up to this point, I've always thought MVP has to be the guy who puts up absurd numbers. Well, regardless to, of to what be his honest, team's record is, I think personally it should do with individual talent, but it's solely off of what Matt just said, which is where you win. Because what? Because when you think value, value is what you get out of what you produce. It, yeah. You can have put up all the numbers you want, but if you don't win anything, you don't make the playoffs. It didn't mean anything. Well, yeah. Like perfect example is two years ago, Matt Ryan put up great numbers, made it to the Super Bowl, ended up losing, but he was the MVP that year. This year, his numbers were almost the same, but he was he's not even in the MVP running. And I feel like it's because he his team didn't do anything. I mean. That does it take away that he had a great season? He had a great season, but he's just not getting recognized by the league. Exactly. So but that, that yeah. But that's why it's also a quarterback award because quarterbacks can change your records. Mm-hmm. I feel like running backs, not too far often, they're going to do that. They'll have something to do with it. But I feel like MVP as a running back isn't going to come anytime soon. 
So going back to Offensive Rookie of the Year, should it have to do – I feel like a lot of it's going to have to do with Baker coming from a team that won zero games last year to a team that won seven? Six. Seven. Seven. I, seven. It was seven. seven. It was games? seven, yeah. That's insane. Seven, eight, and one. That's insane. It, I feel like it's really, really tough here because Saquon has the stats. He has all the intangibles. Baker, we know he's talented. But he literally changed. He's changing, or has already changed well, that's the, the culture thing. of yeah. Cleveland as a whole. It's it's you have the Giants where last year they got injured. Like you know they're gonna have a rough season. It's understandable. But if you go off last year, they had three wins. This year they get five wins. I mean, with the amount of talent and everything that he sh- brings to the table, to be honest, they should have had many more wins than that. And I feel like if the Giants had made the playoffs or had a winning season. This argument would have been, no doubt, Barkley's the pure offensive rookie of the year. But I feel like since they both did not make it, and they only ended up getting two more wins out of that, and Baker got them seven more wins, and it was all in his hands, I feel like that it makes it a lot closer than it should be. Oh, So on the franchise tag Twitter, I put up a poll. Uh, offensive rookie of the year, take your pick. Saquon Barkley, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, 75%. Saquon Barkley, 25 so a lot of people are really high on Baker Mayfield. And I think most of that has to do with the fact that in that division now, like we spoke to at the beginning, spoke about at the beginning of the podcast, this is now a division that we have no idea what's going to happen next year. And you're going to have your good teams like the Steelers. You're going to have, well, I'm going to see how good the Ravens are coming up in this playoffs. Bengals still have to put it together. If they're all healthy, who knows what they could do. And now the Browns are putting it together. I feel like that that division, like I mentioned before, there was always a solidified third or fourth place. Now it's not guaranteed. And that's just so weird how a year can just flip like that. That's and, the NFL and for you. Baker Mayfield has not single-handedly, but almost single-handedly has done that. And he's also in on a team that has not had a quarterback since, like, Couch, right? <laughs> Tim Couch. Long, long yeah. time ago. And I feel like I feel like it's, it doesn't have to do with the voting, but putting it together, he's changed the culture. He's won them games, which I thought I thought they're only going to win four at most. Ended up winning seven, and broke the TD record as a rookie. And changing the culture of a, an organization is hard, and I feel like that's where he kind of gets the edge there. But Saquon put up the stats. He didn't really change the culture there. It's still the same. It's still kind of like it's that team that is in win-now mode when they clearly they shouldn't be. They should start bottom-up again, in my opinion, as a Giants fan. Give up on that dream as being a team that needs to win now because it's not happening, and I don't think it's going to happen for another couple of years. Saquon didn't change any culture yet. He has changed the, the narrative of Giants need a run game. They got it. That's it. And so, that being said, I definitely think Baker has the edge here, but Saquon is more deserving. I I, Yeah, I think Baker has the edge, but I think where we have a difficult issue is we are surrounded by Giants because we live in the area. So, you know, we we mostly hear about Giants or Jets, and I mean, the Jets haven't been doing so great, so the Giants are the talk of the area. And when you constantly see Saquon Barkley making plays and you're constantly aware of what's going on, I feel like it, it's like it's one of those things where you always hear about him, where you're not always hearing about Baker. So I feel like it also could be swayed just in the in the area that we are, 
just because of we're exposed to it. You know what I mean? So, all that being said, we all know who's most deserving, but who realistically is taking that award? Offensive rookie? Mm-hmm. Baker. Yeah, Baker, I, Baker I, too. I think it's going Baker's to Baker. Take going it. to Baker. And I don't know. Saquon has a, they both have big, big careers ahead of them. And they were both first, first overall pick and second overall pick. And that just goes to show you how really good this draft was. Yeah. Um, hats off to both of them. Is yeah. there anything else you guys needed to add? Uh, if you want to wrap it up with um, moving on to next season, uh, what, if there are any players you have in mind, then feel free to bring them up. But like, what position would you like to see your uh, your team draft? Oh, that's a really, really, really good question. Uh, so let's start off where our draft picks are right now. All right. Well, so the Steelers, Steelers are drafting nineteenth. Giants are sixth. Yeah, and then the Falcons are I think fourteen. I saw a lot of opinions. I'm gonna start here. Giants. Everyone's looking quarterback. I honestly, this isn't a quarterback draft. It's kind of, to me, looking like, you guys remember the Bortles draft? Mm-hmm. Me and Chris, I think, have literally reviewed that draft over and over, and it doesn't make any sense. Mac and Donald were pick after Bortles. Yep. This is kind of like that draft here. So, not exactly, but kind of like that. Giants should wait again. Again, it's a different league, so you got to run by an offense. They kind of already have it. They don't have to put, they don't have to keep picking offensive weapons anymore. So, I say either they draft a lineman or go cornerback. I agree. And especially, it's really telling when probably the best quarterback you could ask for in the draft is going to play baseball. Yeah, and that kind of, that's that's honestly the best way to put it because, again, not a quarterback draft. And you got next, and we lost out on Herbert. Everyone was like, oh, yeah, we're fine. We're going to draft Herbert, and we're good to go for the next 10 years. Didn't happen. Your backs are against the wall here in this draft. Very interesting. But where the Giants were at their best years and years ago was their defense. So what does that tell you now? Put up a good defense. And it's not going to be like the Jags. I keep using them as an example, but it's a great example. It's kind of like the Vikings too, where great defense, right? But kind of weird offense. And the Vikings now have a good offense, just are still putting it together with different coaches and stuff. Jags, not the best offense in the world. But a great defense, looking at last year, this year is kind of whatever. Giants now, you look at their offense, they have a number one receiver. They have a two receiver. Um, who knows who they're keeping next year? They have a running game. First round, first round pick tight end. And whoever's that quarterback is going to tell the narrative as to how that team's going to pan out. So why not build that defense up a little bit? And you have another year. Yeah. And... No what one's it, expecting them to make a run next year. No, no, no. And that's what I'm saying. they got to start from the bottom up. I don't know why everyone's making the narrative for the Giants, especially our friend Mark, who <laughs> thinks we're in win-now mode. We don't have to be in win-now mode. It doesn't really yeah. doesn't have to be. Really? The league changes each and every year, and now it's like you need a, you need a dual-threat quarterback. We don't have that. League's changing. Eli Manning can't provide that anymore. But if you just use him a little more, again, he starts every single game. The only game he hasn't started, like, he he has the record for the... He did. Yeah, he did. He did. And then ben McAdoo. That's what I'm saying. And that game he missed wasn't even hurt. Ben McAdoo just did that kind of thing. So why not just ride with the guy who's carried the franchise a while? It may hurt for a bit, but sometimes you got to go through some stinging to get to where, yeah. you know, you're satisfied with the team. Wait for Herbert. You have the star cornerback, hopefully. 
or lineman, maybe a tackle because we're kind of struggling at tackle right now. We got Jamon Brown from the Rams who started every single game for them last year, and that was their coming out party. So why not just pick a cornerback? You see what that did for the Browns, Denzel Ward. And they got Baker, the same draft. Look, that did wonders for them. So that's my take on the Giants. Definitely go cornerback here. Um, if they take Haskins, I think I'm not going to watch them next season. So that's all I got to say on that. Uh, Chris, Chris, what do you think the Falcons should do? I mean, I think our main priority has been the same for the last year or two, and it just hasn't really been 100% filled. I think they need to get a pass rusher. We have Grady Jarrett. We have Tack McKinley. Don't know if they're bringing back Bruce Irvin. We brought him in in the middle of the year. And we have Vic Beasley, who went off 2016 and really hasn't been doing much since. But I feel like we need that constant pressure, like that threat. And I feel like there's a lot of guys in this draft that can fill that spot. But uh, with the number 14 pick, we might not be able to get anyone worth it. So I feel like if they can't do that, one thing that I read today that kind of changed my mind is that Dan Quinn made a comment about our offensive line and how he likes our center and he likes one of our guards or one of our tackles. And other than that, he's not happy. So Well, that, your guards that, were hurt. Yeah. Both that, of them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So th- it makes me wonder, is he now going to kind of just say screw it and try to get an offensive lineman so that way if something happens to one of our linemen, we now have a reliable backup? You know Because – because we kind of had our backs against the wall. We had two guards get injured. You can plan for one, but two, it, it's a little tough now. We had to keep readjusting the line, and then Matt Ryan kept getting hit. And when you're paying a quarterback big money, you don't want him to get injured. You want him getting hit that much. So I feel like it's either going to be a, a pass rusher or an offensive lineman just solely based off Dan Quinn's comments. I feel like it's an easier decision for the Falcons because looking in, offense, fine, right? So the defense hurt all season it literally started from game one you were here we watched that game with the eagles and everyone was going down it was kind of like domino effect so you say pass rusher you don't think a secondary needs help at all well i i mean if i feel like where you're where the falcons can change really change things if they have that nice dude in the secondary who can just get picks every now and then well i mean what i was thinking was you know I was thinking about a secondary, but I feel like Trufant does enough. I feel like Trufant's okay. You have Alfred. When, yeah, we have we have Alfred who he, he's been spotty at times, but if there was someone to to cover uh, to replace, I would say it would be him. But then you have yeah, Deion Jones, Keanu Neal. Like, that's what I'm saying. Keanu Neal's our safety. Ricardo Allen just got a, a two year deal before he got injured. He's not he's not leaving. And Dan Quinn already said that those two are the starters for next year. He made it clear. He said they're the ones that are starting because DeMonte KZ, who is tied for the most interceptions in the league with seven, he was in there in one of the roles this year as a safety, and he got told he's not starting next year. Here's my question to you. If you have a pass rusher, what do you do with Vic Beasley? Again, they've used him not in the best light ever. He's had good seasons. He made a Pro Bowl one season, I think, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They move him from backer to defensive end, backer defensive end. You gotta eventually pick one. Like you have a guy like again, I'm not comparing them. Khalil Mack, solidified pass rusher, right? They tried to get Vic Beasley to do that. He succeeded in that arena. Where do you put him now? Back at backer? I feel like if we get a a, a pass rush, we can use them on opposite sides. So you have 
the new guy on one side, and then you have Vic Beasley on the other. Because I feel like the the problem is Vic Beasley, not that he's on the same level as Cleo Mack, but he obviously gets some attention because he broke out one year, so people know he's talented. And he's a pri- he's primarily a rusher. He's not really great in coverage. He's not used for that. So he he's he gets attention. I feel like if you have a dominant name on one side and then him on the other, you have these edge rushers coming in, and then you have Grady Jarrett coming up the middle. I feel like we need that pass rusher because the second that one side gets all the attention, I think he just needs the attention taken off of him, and he's going to go back So real off. quick, last question on the Falcons. Not going to happen, but if you guys got Nick Bosa, I think that would would have been a really good fit. Because I think Nick Bosa solidified number one pick for the Arizona Yeah, we, we would have to give up a lot in order to get that pick. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're not moving up to one, but I'm saying I feel like seeing Nick Bosa on the Falcons with, like, Vic Beasley on the other side, I feel like they can really stop the run there. That'd be but a sight. That'd be sick. But – Anyone coming out of college you really want to get? I know you got pass rusher. There's yeah, really not I mean, a lot. There's not a lot in this draft. I mean, I haven't really been reading up too much on it, but I know a name that I've seen consistently is people are talking about, like, I think Ed Oliver was one of the names. I don't know how current and how they're thinking about it now, but the last few times I've read, they said he's a possibility. Um, I haven't really kept up to date with most of them because, to be honest, other than the people that you really hear about, like there's like four or five big names you always hear about, typically receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, maybe one or two defensive players. But I feel like most of the defense, like most of these players in college, you could sit here and say, oh, they're they're the best quarterback, they're the best this, and then they're busts. And I feel like that's been too often that's been the case. So I, I don't try to really sit here and say, oh, this is the best in this draft class, in this position. Because I feel like every year there's at least one person that just goes off. All right, so no question, defensive player, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Moving on, Steelers. Right now they're picking where again? Nineteenth. Nineteenth. Tough spot. Yeah, middle of the, middle of pack first round. Um, I'm gonna say you just drafted Terrell Edmonds. Terrell Edmonds, yeah. Um, I think we played him a bit too much this year, but he's been he's been all right. I don't have too many complaints. I feel about like him. you. I'm a big believer in throwing your rookies into the fire. Yeah, because that's what really brings them out. I and certainly wanted Leighton Vander Esch, but the Cowboys scooped him up before. Me we could. and Matt talked about this yesterday, Chris, on how the Steelers would be with Leighton Vander Esch and T.J. Watt. I mean, he would take over for Shazier, which is kind of what yeah. they've been needing, to be honest. Yeah, moving on from that, like that's actually where I would like to see them draft first uh linebacker. In, in interior linebacker um if not a linebacker then a corner just because we've been relying on Cody Sensabaugh Joe Hayden's a stud I like Joe Hayden I he's he's doing well with what he's got is he but, on a contract yes okay, we, okay. the problem with him is he's getting up there in age he is getting up there in age but like I, I you feel need like that experienced guy there I though. feel like he'll last at least as long as Ben will last so that's that's not as much of a concern yeah if Ben goes the, Hayden's got to go the thing with uh the thing with the corner is that uh Cody Sensabaugh, he's fine Mike Hilton's a good nickel corner he's probably the best nickel corner in the league uh not that saying much but um it's really Sensabaugh and then the depth there that we're really uh struggling with so a replacement for him would be fine but realistically, after losing Shazier, our interior linebackers have been Vince Williams, who's a solid starter. You know, I have no problem with him being there. But then on the other side of him, you've got either LJ Fort, who is unimpressive. You've got John Bostic, who is a good pass rusher but can't cover uh, for his life. 
Um, I think we really need to address the interior linebacker position more than anything else. Um, yeah. You know, safety I'm not as worried about. Sean Davis has proven to be pretty capable. We've got uh, Terrell Edmonds developing, and we've got uh, – what's his name? Um, Morgan Burnett, uh, who we signed from the Packers last offseason. He's been capable. Uh, at this point, I think if we're looking at individual players um, – there is an Alabama linebacker. Um, what was his name? Uh, Mac Wilson. Mac Wilson was his name. I I would like to see. I wouldn't mind uh, seeing the Steelers take him in the first round. If not him, if we go the route of corner, um, I might butcher this name, but uh, I've heard I've read good things about Amani Ogwarie, uh from Penn State mm-hmm. uh, at corner. But regardless, I can't see us taking an offensive player in the first or second round this this draft. I feel like there's a lot of teams desperately in need for an offensive change. But which could pre- which could work in our favor. If more teams are picking offense, that leaves better defensive players for us. Right. So let me propose this question to you guys. Yeah. So the Raiders are set to have 3 picks in the five. first round. 5? I believe I it's thought five. it was 3. Or when I read the last update it was 3, but if it's 5, it might be 3. I think it's 5. So they have the complete Thanos Infinity Gauntlet <laughs> for the most part in this draft. If you were to name just a couple of assets they need, which, again, another defensive thing that they need, like another, mm-hmm. and they need assets there. Derek Carr's fate is not set there. No. Because if you guys saw traded. his life, he might, and the Giants are looking that direction, <laughs> and I'm not sure what to think about that. But anyway, Derek Carr, <clears throat> his last game was saying farewell, basically. Yeah. He was just in the crowd just saying, oh, thanks for everything. What he said was, and it was a good cover-up, but he said, we might may not be in the stadium anymore, so I just want to say goodbye. Yeah. But I know for a fact him and Gruden are not on the same page in a sense. Right. Are you going strictly, how many defensive assets versus offensive assets do the Raiders need? Well, assuming they have five picks, I would probably split it three defense, two offense. I was going to say, would you split it or would you go like... All out defense. All out defense. Yeah, I'd probably go three, three to two D to O, or maybe four to one. Because what's Gruden considered an offensive minded guy or defensive minded? Because I feel like when he won with the Bucks, the defense say, was absurd. I yeah. would, I would say he's more of an offensive mind, just based on you know he's known for analyzing quarterbacks. Quarterbacks, yeah, I, that's what I was gonna say a second ago. But again, his, his Super Bowl win was with a crazy defense. So. Yeah. And again, he's been in a booth for a while, yeah. and it's a different league. But at the same um, time, he's gotten to watch the league progress firsthand, right? And you know, being forced to analyze it like that gives you a lot of insight into where the league's going, right? I feel like that's going to be really interesting to me as to what the Raiders do and their new GM, Mike Mayock, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't is known for being both kind of successful, but a lot. Not so successful when deciding I don't, I don't who should go him. where and why people should go. I don't there. blame him for that because calling draft picks and seeing and trying to predict how they'll pan out is so difficult. So imagine getting paid to put make drafts and just suck at it. Yeah. And just get paid. You can be wrong. Sport. Josh Allen was projected to be the number one pick last year. Yeah. What does that go to say to you? I don't know, man. Who was the most interesting pick in the first round? So far, with what we have. Last year? That's why I mentioned the... Well, no, this year. Like, since Raiders have all these picks, and we went over our picks. Take the first... Take 
Arizona, for example, got to go Bosa, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who is the three pick? Raiders have the second, right? Is it the Raiders Jets? have the second, yeah. I don't know. What, what are the Jets? Honestly, I thought I had a picture of it. If you guys can somehow pull it up. Yeah, I got I it. really want to see what assets the rest of the first round picks have, and then we can wrap it up there. Uh, draft order. Here we go. Oh, uh, the Jets are number three. Yeah, they're number I three. Weren't they three last year before trading up? Yep. Yeah. Where do those guys need to go? The Jets. I'd go offense here. They uh they need to pull a uh, Raiders. They need more picks. Oh, you know what? I think I was wrong. I think it is three draft picks in the first round. I think it is three. Yeah. yeah. My bad. I, was gonna I say think they got two for the year after or something. They have two picks for the year after. And they also got uh, a second and a third for Bridgewater. Maybe that's what I was thinking. That was, was five overall amazing. Extra picks. Yeah. That was amazing how they somehow pulled off getting those picks for Teddy Bridgewater. That was their plan all along, I think, the whole time when they picked him up for the year. Well, they didn't know who they were drafting yet, but they, were, they traded up to get a quarterback. So, obviously, that was their plan all along. Jets need, need, need to go offense here. They need to provide assets. They for need that. to beef up their line. They do need to beef up their line. They really haven't been the same since Nick Mangold was there. Yeah. And even then, they weren't the best. But you need, you have Darnold. You pr- are pretty sure he's the franchise guy. Now you need to protect him. And they just restructured. You don't want an Andrew Luck situation. They either restructured or extended Quincy Inunua. So they're keeping him. Robbie Anderson. He's fine. He's fine. Yeah, you can keep him. Um. Not, don't have a tight end, not a solidified running back, and they're the, I feel like they've never gotten that guy mm-hmm. back in the backfield. Last person, I it wasn't even their guy, but Forte was like their nicest guy. Yeah. And that's not saying much. So I think for me, and it's also not a running back draft either, and obviously they're not going first round with a running back. So either beef up their yeah. line or – I say put another asset at receiver or tight end or something. Yeah, but I mean, it's way too high of a draft pick to get any of those guys. They've been but. doing pretty well, though. I mean, their defensive picks have been doing well. So That's been, what I'm saying. They can't go defense picking, here. you got to go offense. Whoever's been in charge of that's doing well. They're getting good players. It's just they now their defense steps up and then their offense takes a hit. It's unlucky. Yeah, so I think they go offense here. Um, I'll speed it up a little bit. So we got the Bucks 5-11. and 11, uh we heard recently that it's the, again it's the last year of Jameis rookie deal. They got to pay him. That sucks. But who do you draft? They're keeping Jameis, so you're not going quarterback. It's a toughie. Yeah. And they don't have a head coach currently. Until they get, uh, do I th- they? I think it. No, I don't think they do. Do they? I think it no, depends no. on who they hire as their head coach. I think that has a. That's lot what to I was just it. gonna say. Like, do they? Have te- I don't know. I really have never thought about this. But do teams like GMs know who they're going to pick like even before they have a head coach? Or do they need a head coach to really chime in and put who they want at at that pick? I, think, I, mean, I think it depends on how much say they give to that head coach. If the head coach is making most of the calls, then it's clearly important. But I think it still falls more on the general manager. Yeah. I feel like, to me... You really got to beef up that defense a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Jamal Adams has been amazing. Yeah, he has. He, he's going to be one of the top safeties in the league. He already kind of is. This is the Bucks though. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, no, I think they need to beef up their defense a little bit. Uh, but who knows? That's a really big question mark there. We went over the Giants. 
Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, not a QB draft. They're known for drafting QBs and non-QB drafts. What do they do here? They're not. They're moving on from Bortles, and they took guarantees out of Leonard Fournette's contract. Yeah. He might be out too. Yeah, so what's just, the next step? I don't know how you don't get a quarterback. They're just the only way I see them not getting a quarterback. What is if, if they, they trade, trade for Carr? That's for what Carr. I'm saying. That's if they trade for Carr, then I mean their defense <clears throat> is okay. The first couple months of offseason are going to be very telling for what these teams are going to look for in the yeah. draft. Yeah, 100%. I would say they need a receiver. They do. But they're so weird. There's so much depth there. Because they have yeah. Marquise Lee, who was injured this year, but he's talented. But he, yeah, exactly. And then you after lose that, Hearns, you lose Robinson. All their, yeah. all their receivers were nice in college, but never really put it together in the NFL. Yeah. D.D. Westbrook, I think, is legit. Yeah. Um, Keelan Cole, what do you think of him? He's not bad. He had a good start to the season and then kind of simmered out. Moncrief? He's forgot he was there. <laughs> um, tight. What are they at at tight end? They're not tight. They're not drafting a tight end. Oh, oh they definitely need a receiver. Hennessy or something. What if they Isn't get O'Shaughnessy? Yeah, that's it. What if they get what's his name from West Virginia? The receiver. White guy receiver. Not coming to me. He'd be nice. Yeah, I, don't uh, I forgot name. it was Sills. Sim Sills. Why am I drawing a blank here? Hold on. Wide receiver, West Virginia. White. I was going to say you're going to say white, white guy. Sil- it is Sills. Sills. David Sills. He's really nice. Uh, I don't know. Is, is, first I honestly material. feel so yeah, bad for Jacksonville coming that close. And now it's kind of like we yeah. may move on from Ramsey. Our defense might hold it together a little bit, but our offense is also bad. So they're yeah, bad but, on both ends. But it's just like I feel like at this point they've had too many busts in situations. They need to draft someone from like Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. They need to draft a receiver from there because typically those players produce. Typically. I feel like you just need to get a receiver from one of those top schools. Even if they're not like a huge draft pick, I feel like they are they just need someone. All right. So, Lions, mind you, it's Ezekiel Ansah is entering free agency this offseason. I think just because they're head coach, they're going to go defense. But yeah, that I, makes I just, a lot of sense. I just think because sure. of the, the head coach. Yeah, I think he's going to build a foundation there. Speaking of Matt, this is off topic, but speaking of Matt Patricia, um, uh, I I went to up to Albany this uh this New Year's Eve, yeah. and uh, Matt Patricia actually went to uh the school, RPI, right up there in Albany. We're actually in the same fraternity, and uh, I visited <laughs> I brother. I, yeah, I visited Matt Patricia's uh old house. That's kind of dope. Yeah, yeah, but um composite up there and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I see Patricia now, I just kind of think of that press conference where he was like, "Look at look at you." Just a, well, just sit up a little bit. Have some respect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they should go defense here. Uh, defensive end. Defensive end, do you think? Because they, they have the they have a secondary. Yeah, they have exactly. They have Slay. There is Slay. Fine. Well, mind you, they got rid of Tate. Marvin Jones was injured for the most part of the yeah, season. Yeah, but I think Galladay is enough for now. And Patricia shown a lot of promise. And, and I think Patricia is just too. Yeah, I need defense. He. Clearly works better because what happened was their their defense clearly is capable because they beat the Patriots. I mean, whether that's because they don't change their system and Patricia knew it is one thing, but their defense has promise. It's just I feel like it's the first year, got to work out all these kinks and everything, and, and uh, I don't know. I, I feel like he just – everything to him, he's a defensive-minded guy. Okay, Bills. Again, they have – a quarterback who's their future. He could use his legs. 
Um, not sure what they're going to do at the running. Lineman. What? To lineman? lineman? I think so, too. They really got to protect that. They got to protect their quarterback. If Josh Allen can run this much with an okay line, imagine what he can do with time in the pocket. Because he could throw. He could throw. I mean, they wouldn't draft. The thing is, they also need targets. I was going to say, they wouldn't draft this yeah. first round, but who the hell is their tight end? I feel like they need a wide receiver. Do they have Clay? Is that their tight end? Yeah, but yep. he was injured. A lot of the season too. Yeah, I, but they, were, they have. He Zay wasn't Jones. in the script, game script anyway. That's, they have Zay Jones. That's their. I think that's their main guy. Zay I'm Jones. not a big Zay Jones guy. I feel like when he was drafted, a lot of people were high on him. I'm There's not somebody, high on who him. Who else is their other receiver? They had to. They had to pick up False Foster. Foster. Yeah, I was gonna say, isn't it something like that? They and got rid of Benjamin. Yeah, they get they rightfully yeah. so. Yeah. He's just rightfully so. They got rid of Sammy Watkins. They've been getting rid of a lot of receivers, but yeah. they haven't been picking up. Well, any. that's because they were kind of in rebuild mode anyway. Yeah. Um. He needs another weapon. But um, if you're well, gonna, but th- but before you get yeah. your weapons, I think it's most important because we've seen quarterbacks with great offensive linemen, not the best receiving core, but could still put in work. So I definitely think you're right there. Um, but um, I don't know. Anything you guys had to add there? I'm moving on no. a little quickly here. Yeah, Broncos. Uh, Broncos. I think, I think for that, it's the same situation as uh, Jaguars. I think it depends on who their head coach is because they are looking for one in the next couple months. All right. I kind of leave it at that if yeah. you want. Yeah. We'll leave it there. Uh, Ooh, Bengals. Bengals. No, no head coach either. Yeah. Dude, we got three in a row, no head coach. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Packers. Just, just skip them, I guess. Uh, bang, bang, no, actually, no. Bengals is kind of weird because their offense is eh, and their defense is eh. To be honest, so who is I, the I, most I think, eh where you, you don't know add. where they're going to go? Yeah, exactly. No I, idea. I, I think, it depends on the yeah, head coach. I, I, but I, I feel like they need, to, they need to get someone to really take over the place of A.J. Green. He's always injured. They need that guy and it, Tyler Boyd sh- showed flashes of it but I don't know if he can consistently do it I s- okay Packers next I think they really need another receiver there but they already have Devonte Adams who is their solidified go-to guy but are you going to keep going for Geronimo Allison and Marquez Valdez Scantling <laughs> Uh, no, not. I think they should. Go- they need co- they need corners, they, right? They need a secondary. They got rid they of need Clinton corners. Dix. They, they also got corners. rid of uh, Bennett for a yeah. fourth. Yeah, they got rid of Ha Clinton Dix. They got rid of for a uh, fourth. Yeah, they or Burnett, Burnett, I mean, and Burnett. Uh, Micah Hyde a few years ago mm-hmm. too. Guys, so. by the way, not sure if you saw today. I'm pretty sure you did. But again, they gave up uh, Clinton Dix for a fourth. He's on the Redskins. They the Redskins also picked up um, Foster off waivers, and his charges were dropped today. Their defense yeah. is looking ridiculous now. Yep. With Norman, I mean, there they too. were already talented, and now they're just building on it. Yeah, that's yeah. gonna be a weird thing. All right, so Dolphins, no head coach, no head coach. Falcons, we already discussed. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, we did. Uh, mm-hmm. Washington, Washington. Who, depending if Alex Smith comes back, he may not play ever again. Yeah. Really? So yeah, was, there was an infection in his. Uh, yeah, when he had surgery, he, he broke his infection. tibia and fibula. So I think there was an infection. Well, clearly, there they're fine on defense. Yeah, clearly. And I feel like that's a sigh of relief for them. Uh, they don't have a number maybe one receiver. In, yeah, maybe invest in they actually line. Crowder. They need a better line. Yeah, Crowder. I was gonna say they need a way line. better line. Yeah, and who's it wasn't uh what is it Trent? What who's their linebacker? Who's their lineman? Trent Brown. Tr- Trent. Richards? His name's Trent. Trent Williams. Trent Williams. Trent Williams is their lineman. Oh line. Lineman. Oh. What about him? He was injured this season. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, like, they had like three guys that got injured on their line. Oh, yeah, yeah they, they're they're, line they're injured up. year in and year out. So yeah. I think yeah. all right, lineman there. Panthers. Uh, Panthers. Who do you go? Uh, they they have DJ Moore. They're fine. I think they need a, they need help on their defense. Maryland represent. <laughs> yeah, for, 
forgot about that. I think that. they need help on their defense. Did you watch him play when you were in Maryland? Oh, yeah. Oh, dope. He was electric. Dope. Uh, Favorite player. And then he fumbles all the time. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they definitely need help on defense. They need to – I feel like if you get some pieces for Keekly, that defense could be dangerous again when they made the Super Bowl. Yeah, they, they need a secondary. Uh, Their offensive line is fine. They got Norwell. Yeah, all right. All right, so Carolina's not in the worst position. Now you got the Browns. <laughs> I can't never believe seen they are here. this low. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How are they? 7, 8, and 1. That's phenomenal. Yeah. So, this is interesting to me. Number one overall pick, Baker Mayfield, quarterback of the future. Lyman's okay. Cornerback Denzel Ward, phenomenal year. Yep. Um, and who's on the other side of the ball? He was also on the Packers. What's his name? Rand- Demarius, Demarius Randall. Randall. And then Nick Chubb they get in the second round. Yep. A lot of pieces put together. Jabril Peppers. Jabril Peppers? I really want to see him come together as a whole. He's Jer- been coming Jersey, together Jersey this year. native. Yeah, yeah um, he's been doing better. Yeah, I know. Uh, but now Browns finally have some breathing room. Yeah. They finally don't have to be so – They don't have so much pressure on their pick. They don't ha- they, yeah, I know. They don't have to have so much pressure. They can finally sit back, you know, put the feet up on the table, and pick who whoever is in – this uh. is the first time the Browns will ever be in this position, um, wh- like in a while where, where there is no pressure, like you said, but also whoever's the best player – in that point in time, they take. Yeah, I, I think they need a. I think they need to give help to Miles Garrett. I think he needs help with that the pass dude. Rush. Should have been. Is he in a pro? Is he in the Pro Bowl this year? I don't. know. I don't think so. I don't think he was last year either. Yeah, this guy needs to have so many of these awards coming in. Yeah, he's just so nasty. He's just. It's so predictable that he's the guy to cover. That they everyone just stacks their line against. You guys see on Hard Knocks that this dude. Is so good at football, and he's just he's always focuses on football. That when he's not playing football, he's like, yeah, I write poetry. Like, yeah, like that's no. like the most cliche lineman, like angry yeah. football player type thing. But I definitely think so too, and that's why. Yet last year, I didn't think they were going to draft Denzel Ward. Definitely, definitely end up working out for them. Like you said, you he needs some help. I thought they were going to get um, both Chubs on the same team. I really wish that happened still. That'd be interesting. Yeah. But um, so pass rush, you think they need to go <clears throat> with? Probably. Yeah. Because their secondary's fine. Are they good at linebacker? They have Kirksey. For however you. He pass. was hurt though. Yeah, but but he's fine. I think he's he's typically. Well, that's something I would see them fixing in free agency. I can't Not wait. Really. I, I can't wait until the Giants are in that position where they could just kick back and take the best player available. I mean, yeah. Then or maybe you know this is. Pulling a Buccaneers, but they need a kicker. Clearly, they could have won more games with yeah. a kicker. Yeah, probably, but they'll be fine. And I'm, Greg Joseph's also, been all right. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's move on to Vikings, Vikings here. Eight, seven, and one. Shitty offensive line. See, the, th- the Vikings are in a weird position because they just dumped a lot of money into a quarterback, guaranteed, who has beat. Uh, you could count the amount of times he's beaten playoff teams on one hand. Can you look up his record on primetime and versus like Very winning bad. teams? Very, Very bad. Very bad. Kirk. I think the last record I saw was like 4-12 and 12 against winning teams. I don't think he's won a Monday night game. No. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that I don't think he's won one. Dude, you got to put it together on primetime for $84 million. Oh, I don't know. Okay, this was, four, this was uh, December 3rd, but he was... Four and twenty-three against teams with a winning record. Ouch! And I, I think he was, has. I don't I think he won another 12. one. I thought it was four and twelve, and it's even worse. Four and twenty-three, and I think it got worse since then, by a couple games. It definitely did because I they, thought he uh, was gonna lost. Vikings fans are looking for immediate impact here. 
and that's what they should have gotten. I feel like that's what they deserved for what they did last year. Again, Minnesota Miracle happened, get smacked by the Eagles the next round. Shouldn't have happened. Embarrassing. Move on to next season. Bring in Kirk Cousins. We finally get a proven guy who, even with a bad offensive line on the Redskins, made some plays. But again, it's John Gruden. They had some issues at head coach. Uh, yeah, again, no, Mike, Mike Zimmer's their guy, but they brought in an offensive coordinator um, who Mike Zimmer didn't want to hire, and then they finally, the interim offensive coordinator put it together, and they have a run game. So yeah. what what happens here? It's I now 4-25. I just checked. Oh, man. I, I think they need to go corner. I think they need to go lineman. Because they have uh, Anthony Barr. Hasn't as, been good all season. Has but, not been. but I think he's 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 can do enough. And then they have Daniel Hunter as their defensive lineman, who's kind of loading up on sacks. You got uh, Sandejo, who's hasn't been that good all season either. Yeah, I, I think as a whole their defense has just kind of had a bad year. I think they they have talent, but the reason I say corner is because Xavier Rhodes isn't going to be around much longer. And I feel like well, you still have him. You need to get someone to, to kind of work with him. And train under him, so that way you have like the next Xavier Rhodes for another few more years. Where got- where they were at their best was when they had a running game, and that was right before Dalvin Cook tore his ACL. And when Pat Shermer was there, he really he made it work with Case Keenum, Jarek McKinnon, and Latavius Murray. If you can get a running game going, which Mike Zimmer says every single week, he's like, we gotta get the running game going, and they never run. Um, that's where they're dangerous. You open up play action Adam Thielen can get open whenever he feels like Stefan Diggs is again we know his deep threat but we also know he's really good at getting open he doesn't drop the ball often um it's it's a team that there's so 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 much potential it's actually very strange as to how they ended up eight and seven and one hopefully they get the coaching correct and hopefully Kirk Cousins can put it together they're working out some kinks if you're paying a guy $84 million, you want immediate yeah. impact. but Based on the amount of money they're giving him, I would not be ready to give up on him yet. Do you guys think he needs time, or is $84 million kind of like, we wanted you to win now, and you didn't do it? So, what's up? Yeah, there, there was really no time for that deal. They were right there last year. They brought him in with that 84 to be like, okay, we were right there. We were having issues at quarterback. Case Keenum wasn't even, I don't think, supposed to be the main guy. And uh, he ended up just kind of filling that position, and they thought, oh, if we could do it with a quarterback that we weren't even expecting to be our main guy, and he did it, we're paying you $84 million. They were expecting him to do it, and he didn't do so it. So I'm a big fan of hypotheticals, but I also hate thinking about them because it it really doesn't change anything. Case Keenum, still quarterback this year. What, are the, what is the Vikings' record? I wouldn't say it's that different. That different? Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's much different. I mean, I'm actually pretty scared for the the Vikings picking here again. I want them to go lineman. I don't think they really need a corner as of yet. Um, that's where they're kind of struggling. Um, if Kirk Cousins has time, he should be fine. He's been fine without time, but it's a different scenery here. You're indoors. There's really no excuse. But they drafted a kicker in the fifth round last year. What was that? And he's the reason there's that big one in the third column there. Yeah. Who, who who was the kicker? Dan Carlson. Oh yeah. Is that how you say it? Am I saying it yeah, right? Yeah. He's on the Raiders now, and he hasn't missed a kick over there. Jeez. So. I'm gonna say lineman. Who do you say? Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. Lineman. You say corner. I'd say lineman or corner. Corner. Okay. Tennessee Titans nine seven. Receiver. Nineteen. I'm gonna say either um, 
an edge rusher or a wide receiver. I'll never understand why they got rid of Rashard Matthews when yeah. he was perfectly fine. Oh, there. that's true. Well, wait a minute. Yeah, Arakpo's retiring. Edge rusher. Arakpo, yeah. yeah. So, edge so rusher. Edge rusher or receiver is where I'm going. Uh, there's a lot of kinks here. Mariota, very uh, injury prone. Yeah, he's yep. not what they expected him to be. No, and I really like him too, which really sucks. I know. I, I want him good to break guy. out. Good guy. Very good guy. Uh, yeah, they need that it, type it, of what, player. Is Delaney Walker still playing? Yes, he was mm, just on injured reserve yeah, after week he, three or something like that. Yeah, I could see them going after a tight end if he's not going to be available. I, think, I don't he think is. I don't think round. One. I don't not, know. Not in the first round. Yeah. I don't know his contract. Maybe situation. later in the draft, I could see yeah, them going after. I, I, yeah, maybe later on. Uh, yeah, I think. They're fine at offensive line. Not sure how Mariota gets hurt every single game. Yeah, I think he's just not playing the right quarterback game. He needs to be playing. He's not in Oregon anymore. You don't need to rush every two seconds. Right. Um, he gets hurt off stingers. Uh, wide receiver core is not that great. Corey Davis should have been a beast by now. He's not. Um, running game. Now they decide using Derrick Henry yeah. just like last year. That works. Uh, yeah. Uh, good night. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Good luck to the Titans at that pick. Yeah. 19th is a very awkward spot for them. And we talked about Pittsburgh. And then and the rest we, are playoff the teams. The rest are so uh, in it's the up in the air. It is. So. And those teams, you know, they, need some things, but yeah. it is late in that draft. But it would be a good time to – It would be a good time to wrap it up here. Yeah. Yes. So, um, two hours. We made it there. Um, but anyway, so uh, you, I'm going to plug some things here. So you guys can actually follow our – Twitter page at Franchise Tech Pod. I put a lot of polls on there, a lot of hashtags. I like to get a lot of votes just so I can put into perspective what I could do on the podcast itself. Um, and yeah, just make sure to follow that. A lot of updates there. I've been trying to work on putting uh, game updates. Like every, like it's really hard to do. I've seen a lot of accounts do it, but again, it's a guy glued to his screen. I'm not one of those guys, but I'll put as much updates as I can. Um, thank you both for coming on the podcast. I thank really you appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Hope to see you guys soon. Hope probably Chris will be back, so no need to worry about him being far from here. But that's going to wrap it up this week. We'll see you guys next week, and we'll go over some of the winners of the first couple playoff games, and we'll see where to go from there. So that's going to wrap it up. Take care. Goodbye.